Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post WrestleMania 32 episode of the, the Bygod Wrestling Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Chris Lipscomb. Joining me this week is the wrestling mastermind, Colin Barr. Hello, Colin. Hello. Uh, also with us this week is the wrestling story, Peter Chapman. You right, Peter? Hello. Uh, no one else with us this week. Never has been. Maybe there will be in the future. Anyway, Ooh, we've got a lot to re- we've got a lot to recap from WrestleMania 32 weekend, including NXT Takeover. A lot happened. It was a pretty, it wasn't a brilliant weekend, but I would I'd say it's pretty good overall. Um, first thing to do, moving very quickly through this one, it was a lot of wrestling, so we're going to keep this going relatively quickly. Uh, first thing to hit NXT Takeover Dallas on the Friday night. What did we think? Good show overall. I thought it was a brilliant show. It was yep, brilliant. Yeah, good show. Yep. Zayn Nakamura was fantastic. Zayn Nakamura is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I've got that as one of my spots for the entire weekend. The fact they got a, they got a standing ovation from trading forearm blows is insane. Yep. It was good, but I actually preferred the 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 main event. Um, I really like that. I really, uh, that ending is probably my favourite ending of the weekend. Just yeah, was a, that, I feel that was a better match. Uh, Nakamura's new to me, so yeah. uh, it, was, it was a good introduction, but I feel like it could have probably been mm. better if there was a story going into it. But it was just kind of a yeah. I, I think that's kind of a problem with NXT sometimes is they're just a little too yeah. willing to go dream matchy. Um. Well, they kind of did the same. I know it wasn't quite a dream match, but they're doing the same thing with Liger as well, you know, just coming in with no real introduction. Um, but it was. St- I still thought it was an absolutely superb match. Like, just technically, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and I think that kind of thing caters to the NXT audience. Oh, for sure. That's what they want. I think it doesn't necessarily matter that there wasn't much of a setup to it because that audience just wants the dream match. Yeah. That's what they're going yeah. for. Uh, and I, I think. As long as they don't use that too heavily, um, it'll be good for NXT. It's when you when you're booking almost exclusively dream matches, you're kind of you turn into a different promotion. And you're no longer yeah. like you're no longer what NXT point, does well. At that point, you may as well just be one of the big indies. Well, you're just pro wrestling gorilla basically at that point. Yeah, and I really like PWG, but it wouldn't work if it was televised weekly. It works because they put on an event like every month or two, and that that works. Um, I I thought yeah. Finn Balor screaming, like just screaming into the camera, pretty much. Um, before he manages to pin Joe, was stunningly good. Like that I'm was hoping a great moment. that um he because he had a few moments like that, and I'm hoping that that's then setting him up for a heel turn and the Bullet Club stuff. Yeah, but I just um, I that was like it was just weird. Uh, I thought they actually played it really well. As they they talk about the kind of dichotomy between Finn himself and like Demon Balor, and mm-hmm. from it was kind of like because Joe had choked the life out of him, like the demon could come completely to the fore. Was mm-hmm. kind of the feeling I got from that spot, and I hope that's what they were going for because it really it did feel like that for me. Um, just yeah, that that was the main thing for me. Also, American Alphas win very convincing. Uh, I loved Asuka winning as well. Uh, yes, we all adore Bailey. I think everyone loves Bailey, uh, but like, there's only so much you can do if you keep the strap on her forever. Uh, and by giving it to Asuka, it kind of frees Bailey up to work in more programs potentially. 
Yes, I, I, I was. Um, I'm a huge Bailey fan, and I was happy enough to see her lose to Asuka because I think it frees her up, like you say, to do other things and hopefully appear on Raw at some point in the nearest future. And also, I think the, the really important thing for me with Bailey there was um, Bailey doesn't tap, like she doesn't quit. She kind of maintains that babyface, never give up credentials, you know, because yep. she just literally passes out, and that's that's a really good way to sell it. I also thought she sold like fading away perfectly because it just felt really, really natural. Yep. And um, which was great. She's Hulk Hogan, basically, is how they built her. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I, I would say unlike um, Undertaker, when Shane had that triangle choke look locked in and Undertaker went bright fucking red. <laughs> and you were like, that's concerning. Maybe loosen up a little bit, Shane. Uh, I have a point to make about all these MMA moves that everyone keeps trying. Yes. Uh, the for well, jujitsu submissions, um, they all look like shit. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I actually, I, d- I don't know. I thought Shane's triangle choke looked solid. It, it was okay, but if you ever watch MMA at any point, you can see that all these moves are awful. It was like yeah. every every match, people were going for arm bars. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Like proper arm bars. Like I think Triple H was even doing them. And yeah, that was really and... odd. Triple H going for the arm bar was surprising. But it looks awful because it doesn't look tight. And even if if you've ever watched MMA, you know that as that it just it doesn't work. Really, I don't. Know. I think somebody like and Be- the way Becky they're doing Lynch, it. Becky Lynch's arm bar looks good. Um, no, no, that's 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 fine. I'm talking about uh, guys just randomly throwing yeah. in triangle chokes and randomly throwing in arm bars and kimura well, Because the difference, it's because real fighting like that doesn't look tidy. Like it doesn't look nice even when the MMA guys do it. Even the people yeah. that are putting it on perfectly, it never looks tidy. Well, so that's when that's it's supposed why... to be done in a theatric manner. It just it it's too hard to pull off. That's why Becky Lynch's works because it's not a real armbar. It just looks theatric. It looks like it could hurt. But that's why I, I like um, I like Nakamura's um, like his cro- his kind of step over armbar because he's just pretty much locking in an MMA armbar a little bit more loosely. Uh, he's got the theatrics of the flair, but it looks solid. Um, I also really like uh, Undertaker's Hell's Gate. Um, always looks solid. Uh, not so much against Shane, but I thought when he did it against Lesnar last year, it looked astonishingly good then. I know, some moves do work, but when everyone's throwing them into their match... Yeah, no, I think that's true. Um, all... I think I watched three matches in a row on NXT where they all went for a like, proper armbar. Yeah. I also it th- just makes it look stupid if you don't get an armbar. I also think, like, Brock's Kimura lock, because he just doesn't give a shit. And he's like, mm. no, I'll just hit it. I'll just lock it in and fuck you. Can I mm. just make a point to counterbalance that, Colin? It was really nice to see Baron and Corbin bring back the trapezius squeeze. A move well, I haven't seen since the eighties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree with you. That <laughs> and it's just so it's just a completely pointless thing that doesn't do anything, but it's like a traditional wrestling um, rest move, basically. It's like yeah. it's like one of the biggest anti-indie moves you could probably do. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. much perfect for him. Um, <laughs> any other points you want to hit from NXT? I just thought it was a very enjoyable show. Um, uh, and hey, I like it, Jason t- Jordan. Turns out, like, two hours. Pretty good length for a wrestling show, it turns out. Mm. Maybe WWE could learn a thing or two rather than running a five-hour show with a two-hour pre-show. 
That was kind of ridiculous. I liked WrestleMania, but I, I mean, I only actually watched the pre-show because I was like, I'm not watching seven hours of wrestling, WWE. You can fuck off. Mm. That's, that's a lot. Um, yeah, I... Right, so let's move on to WrestleMania. The Hall of Fame, I didn't... I didn't did anyone watch the Hall of Fame? No, I watched the first... I watched about three quarters of it. I watched like, the highlights. Uh, it looked like the Hall of Fame always does. It was nice. Yeah. I watched the, the Godfather's induction. Last year. Um, Godfather's induction was good with APA, but I mm. didn't bother watching further than that. Yeah, that, actually, I like that. Um, I also liked... Um, was it uh, Michael Hayes singing and then yep. uh, telling that amazing story about like the gun in the American bar? Yeah, that story was fucking incredible. Like that was a really I because I they showed that they showed pretty much all of that story in the highlights. I was like, this is a fucking great story. In that the was... highlights, did they miss out the reason why he let the guy up off the floor? Uh, no, why do you let the guy up off the floor? Because the guy that ter- was it Terry Gordy is that the yeah guy yeah. Name? The guy that he had put down on the floor first, when he got him down on the floor, he realised he had a wooden leg and he felt bad about it. <laughs> so he turned to Michael Hayes and says, uh, Michael, this guy's got a wooden leg. Uh, we should let them up. <laughs> Amazing. I love that he, that Tegelidge burst out laughing. He's like, why are you laughing? Because they missed. That was yeah. great. Uh, well, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. The, I mean, it just looked like it normally does. Like, it looked fun. Um, John Cena inducting Snoop Dogg looked it's somewhere in between entertaining and cringy. Uh, that's John Cena. Yep. <laughs> and Snoop Dogg, to be fair. Snoop Dogg, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, okay, well, in that case, let's move on to the big show of the weekend. Obviously, WrestleMania 32 slash WrestleMania star. Next year, we have WrestleMania Sun. So I assume they're just moving through sort of things that you Astral can see bodies. in the sky. It's going to be like WrestleMania Moon after that. A quick, very quick initial overview. Did people like this as a whole show, as five hours of wrestling, ignoring the pre-show? I thought it was absolutely dreadful. I enjoyed the first three and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> I was you're, little... you're like, oh God, I'm still watching WrestleMania. Well, no, it was it was going on fine. It didn't feel too long. I was acid up and went around my mate's house. So it was about six of us there, and we found the first like three and a half hours hilarious. Basically, it was just so random, and then um, and then the rock came out and kind of ruined all our moods. Yeah, so as a the second the rock came out and started dicking about with our flamethrower, <laughs> it was just it kind yeah. of kind of spoiled everyone's. Everyone's buzzed. Do you know, do you know what the weirdest point for me the whole night there was literally sitting there and going, the, the Hennessel's starting and WWE Network says there's two hours left on this show. H- how? How yep. are they filling two more hours? And, I mean, they, they sort of did. Yeah, my wife basically asked the same thing at that point. She was like, how long's left? And we checked how long was left. It was like, Jesus Christ. And I said, yeah, but you have to leave time in that for the musical interlude. There wasn't one, though. I know. Whatever bullshit The Rock's going to do. And there's a Triple H entrance coming. The Triple H entrance. The thing is, the Triple H entrance is a reasonable length. Now, we were just looking at the clock and it was getting to five past four. I'm like, why is The Rock still here? (laughs) It's five past four. It's like, this show is meant to be done. 
Yeah, That's they just cut the, the main ages. event and yeah. just left it. Why the fuck is the rock still here? Ah, uh, well, was... yeah, but but yeah, I enjoyed the first three and a half hours. So yeah, um, let's be positive. It was. I, <laughs> I, I, I think as a as a series of matches, it was okay. Like I, I don't, I didn't have any particular gripe about any of the matches really. I don't think any of them were particularly strong, except for the women's match. But they were all okay. But as a WrestleMania, as a package to sort of conclude a year's worth of WWE programming and set up another year of it, I think it was an absolute abject failure. Yeah, but like... And that was, that's really what we, I we, want we, from we, WrestleMania. And I know, like Colin was trying to say earlier, that that's not what WrestleMania is about no, anymore. And that might be true, and that's fine, but it's not what I wanted from a WrestleMania. But, but WrestleMania is just a big spectacle. They throw everything at it, make it as big and as... Yeah. Gets as fun but, as possible, but you see, for and then me, it's starting the next night. They try and set everything up again. For me, it's what, the way they've been going for the past few years. So, but what I've always felt with WrestleMania as well is it's. It, I kind of feel the opposite to you, Peter. Is that although it does set stuff up, it's more that it's the end of everything as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Though I want it to be the conclusion to the big storylines. It felt like but it was. The the, is, it did feel like it concluded a lot of stuff. Well, I think the problem is that there hasn't been any big storylines. They haven't spent any time setting anything up. You know, even the the big stuff, the Shane and Undertaker stuff, is like, what, a month old? Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, the, the Roman Reigns and Triple H is quite old. That's been bubbling for a while. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's not interesting, but it's been bubbling for a while. Yeah. And, I mean, all the way through the card, like League of Legends, League of Nations even. Like, who cares? And they've only yeah. been around for, like, two months. Yeah. It's just so flat for me. Right. And then they made some really weird decisions on the matches as well. Very quickly, did anyone actually watch the pre-show? Uh, quite I, bits uh, of it. I've seen most of the women's match. and I've seen the end of the Callista Ryback match. Yeah. I missed Callista Ryback, but I saw everything else. Mm. Yeah. I missed the Usos match, actually. I missed that one. Match right. of the day two was on. It seemed like a better option than yeah, someone else wrestling. That's reasonable. <laughs> um, so, Callista beat Ryback. Fine, yeah, yeah it was a good little match. The finish, the, the finish did look cool. Um, I thought the finish looked pretty nice actually. Uh, I, I, I don't know what like Kaista wasn't on Raw, guys. That's not yes. good. No, that is good. He doesn't have to be. They need to start doing that. They need to start not having all their superstars on every single edition of Raw. I don't know. I've got no objection to that, but I think as we're talking the post WrestleMania Raw as the Raw that sets up the rest of the year yeah. like the <laughs> okay, US champion should probably be on it even for like 10 seconds to be like hey yeah. guys I've got the last belt yeah, you know you've seen know. all the other belts tonight here's the other one maybe even a mention that he had a match the previous night would have been good yeah I mean because literally every other champion is on that card two of the championships the intercontinental championship and the tag team championships got defended on Raw all the others were at least shown. Kalisto is not even mentioned in passing. Yeah, that is kind of worrying when you put it like that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll be on SmackDown, but still, super weird. Oh, maybe they'll do that really cool thing that they should do, where they make the US title a SmackDown thing. They, yeah, they should probably make the Intercontinental title the SmackDown one, but it's fine whichever way they go. Um, all right. Ten Diva tag team match. Team uh, Total Divas, as Colin predicted, beat Team Bad and Blonde. Uh, because Brie Bella. I got one, right? Yeah. 
the rest of my bets went down the fucking swanee. <laughs> had about yeah. had about ten bets on, and the only one I won that was uh, Triple H's a sledgehammer. Everything else I lost. Did you not pick Zack Ryder because his odds shifted ridiculously massively, which is always like, oh, okay. I was going to, but decided not to bother touching that match. Yeah, because yeah. his from what I've read, his off his odds shifted so ludicrously suddenly. Everyone was like, ah, I see. Um, yeah, I mean this was like i've always described the um the bat on the giant memorial battle royal as this um was this was a get your shit in kind of match like it's probably the best multi diva match they've ever done so yeah yeah done his job compared to yep. like the 25 battle royal or the fucking 10 diva or whatever that was a few years ago this is probably the best one they've done yeah and it was good to see uh like natty get a good spot and uh emma back on the main yeah. well among the main roster and it's ta- nice to nice goodbye for Bree. yeah that's true so. natalia's outfits are getting weirder and weirder right yeah she's getting like like her the, whatever she wore at raw was super weird uh, i don't think i've seen her at raw yet but yeah she's just she's gone she, like leaned hard into this weird dominatrix thing yeah yeah well she's like the one she wears from raw is like super dominatrixy and then but also like like kind of see-through sides yep as... all see-through panels on it yeah it's a weird look which is awesome and if you watch total divas completely not natalia i know she's strange. kind of totally not like that at all yeah from what i've seen of, of total divas and her is she's just like super cute and dorky she's yeah she's a total dork and she's completely like really clumsy and yeah a bit silly and she seems like just really really sweet as well yeah she's yeah totally super likable yeah, she's like really nice with with TJ and everything. It's awesome. Um, all right, and, and then, then she comes out to the ring dressed as some weird dominatrix. And the the Uso, this was this this wasn't a tables match, but the Usos put the Dudley Boys through tables. Was that after the finish? Uh, yes, I think so. Oh no, that was the finish. I think, but it wasn't a tables match. Uh, well, they, was the ref just like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. I can't remember. I don't. I think everybody at WWE was like, "Yeah, whatever, fuck it." Because do you remember, like a month ago, the Dudley said they would never get the tables out again. Yeah, and then they get the tables out every fucking week. To be fair, they... I like Bubba Ray as a heel, though. To be fair, they got the shit ripped out of them and raw by SmackDown Skywalker, so it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll get to and that in a bit. Bubba and Devon were the best thing at the Hall of Fame as well. Actually, yeah, they looked really. They were really cool with Jacqueline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh her little induction speech was brief and funny. Yeah. Um Which is what you want. Right. Actually onto the main card now. Zack Ryder somehow won the Intercontinental Championship. I don't get it. It was made pr- me happy. Firstly, probably my favourite finish to a ladder match I've seen in a very long time. Smarmy get Miz sitting like, on top of the ladder. I fucking loved it. I loved it. I loved the Miz just being like, I got this, guys. I'm going to chill. And Zach Ryder being like, push. It was great. Nope. That, was a, that was a really cool spot. That was a lovely finish. And I really like how it completely um, strayed away from the normal, like, ah, oh, so, like, some guys are battling at the top of the ladder thing. It, like, really undercut that and gave us something genuinely different that felt like it was really unique. And I really liked that element of it. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, I have no issue whatsoever with Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental no. Belt. I uh, also, I've, I've I just got... think there had been some hint towards it before yeah. it actually happened. Well, he did. He did uh, beat everyone up yeah. the week before. If everyone hit the finisher, he was the man, last man standing yeah. on mm. SmackDown, I believe. Yeah, uh, I was. I was just happy that uh, Zack Ryder got his WrestleMania moment, and the pops that well, the pops that yeah. Owens and Zayn got in their entrances were huge. And even yeah. Zach, when Zach, when he won, the crowd yeah. really want, really enjoyed it. So yeah. I'm just, just really happy for him that he actually got that moment. That, like, and the, the match itself was fun. You had the Sami Zayn dive through a ladder. That was nuts. Had, yeah, and then Stardust getting murdered. No, which, Kevin, Kevin Owens died in that match. Yeah. That, like, it was that genuine half concern. Half, yeah, that half and half suplex to the ladder. And then the fact he sells it by just like, I'm just going to lie here for like 10 minutes. You're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, there was genuine concern amongst me and my mates that I heard that would died. Yeah. Um, and even Zack Ryder's dad, when he comes in the ring, climbs over Kevin Owens' lifeless body. He <laughs> like, yeah. steps over him. And my, my, my favourite thing about this is actually Zack Ryder's dad tries to put a cowboy hat on him. Yeah, and he just like, no, fucking I don't want it. the hat. Yeah. It's like, I'm, there are going to be a lot of pictures of so this, I don't be wearing the fucking cowboy hat. Yes. I've got uh, a feel yeah. for Mojo Rawlins, though. No. Yeah. Mojo Rawlins is the worst human being in the world. <laughs> but he stays hype. Oh, he's the most annoying man. I think even he's Zack awesome. Ryder's admitted that, that he's the most annoying man in the world. That's yeah, kind of, if that's you ever kind of... see them interacting with each other, Zack Ryder's always just, like, barely tolerating. Oh, yeah, but I love it, because like, that is their gimmick as a tag team. It's Zack Ryder's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but it's not a gimmick, it's real. No one life. likes Mojo Rawley. Apparently, though, though, he's got like massive heat backstage for some reason. Because he's a dick. Because he's constantly up. Oh, I think that's can... I, I think that's his character. I don't think it's just him. No, it, it is seems, just him. It's just him. Oh, weird. Did is, you he... see Breaking Ground? The no, I yeah, haven't watched about... Breaking Ground. Oh, it's really, really good. You should watch it. But he's in that, and that's just the way he behaves. Like they have him in a car traveling with, I think Dana Brooke. He travels with. And he just he's just like that constantly. It's he's he, 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 I couldn't put up with him for more than five minutes. I'd end up well, starving him. Yeah, me too. But I love seeing other people have to put up with him. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things like that is painful to watch, but it's <laughs> entertaining at the same time. Uh, can we yeah. also just talk about Sammy Saints and Kevin Owens holding a ladder and just being like? Fuck this, and just getting into a fist fight immediately. Yeah, that's kind of been their spot, hasn't it? But I just, yeah. someone point out on Reddit, like it's basically it's the perfect feud. In just they can't stand to be in the ring with each other. It's not yeah. like because other feuds you get people who just like glare at each other resentfully in the ring. They just fucking brawl the second they're in together, and it's great. It's yeah, they've not played so well. And like all the stuff, Kevin Owens is, like anybody that listens to me on this podcast knows that I am a little bit in love with Kevin Owens. He sells it so well the way he shouts at Sami Zayn all the time. This is KO Mania um, go back to NXT. Yeah, send, try, send him back to NXT <laughs> and all that shit. It's just so funny. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, this was, a, this was actually a really good match. Um, I really liked all the spots. It was just genuinely super enjoyable. Uh, yeah, and, and nice to see Stardust in the polka dots as well. Stardust in the polka dots for the polka dot ladder was cool. Um, like 
as we said, Ryder winning and Ryder winning and them kind of giving him the uh, the moment like he'd won the world title as well. I thought was nice just to let him have that little celebration afterwards. Was nice. Even though they're, t- they're kind of playing the stuff of his dad into the storyline as well. But it was still a nice spot, I think, just to let him have that moment. Yeah, I can't help thinking that the only reason they did it was for that Snickers advert, though. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that was also pre-recorded a few <laughs> days before, and yeah. it kind of got... That's probably why the betting odds got shifted. Someone seen that Snickers advert and went, hang on. Yeah. No, Champ. The, the, the betting odds get shifted so. because apparently everyone in the production meeting goes and bets on it. Oh, a bunch of decks. Because <laughs> um, it's free money, that, right? That, that, that should be like in a contract saying you can't do that. Surely. It should be. It's, no, because Vince it's probably, probably does it. Vince, Vince probably does it. Vince is probably like, yeah, money. That must be in the betting agreement. You can't bet on the thing if you know yeah, it. But, yeah, but either you do it or you just get someone else to do it for you. Well, yeah, I suppose so. It's a bit dodgy, though, isn't it? If it was legitimate, yeah. if it was an actual sport with a governing sport body and all that shit, yeah. it would be illegal. Yeah, you'd be in jail. But that's why it's not an actual sport, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, Did you see somebody, Chris, in behind the announce table at WrestleMania with a Brighton flag? Uh, yeah, there was. Yeah, I did see that. Um, <laughs> I love Bobby. Like we love Bobby Zamora was there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was nice. Crazy people. Um, before yeah. we move on to the next match, I just quickly like to mention the WrestleMania set. What did we like? I I thought this was really cool. I actually really liked I, this look. Yeah, I really liked it, but I thought it was like something left over from the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, a little bit. I can see where you're coming from, but I thought it looked really cool. Um, I love the way the star kind of the point of the star blended into the ramp. I thought it was really nice. Um, and I also thought like the the screen, the stage screen, was really cool. Except I found every time they shot it from like directly above, super disorientating. Because my brain was like, "Oh, it's a Titan Tron. No, it's the stage. I can't cope with this." And it kind I of thought it was super cool. Uh, I didn't really notice it until the Kevin Owens entrance, where it just started flickering white and yeah. giving a lot of people seizures. Yeah. But that was pretty. That's when I noticed. Wow, that was pretty, pretty sweet. I thought it was really cool, and with the like the little the entrance um off to the side as well worked really well on the kind of back screen. Um, I just thought it was a, yeah, it was a really well set up stage overall. Uh, and it was big. It was nice and big to give people a chance to interact with the crowd, and it felt very um in the crowd as well, which was kind of cool. Like the point, the two points of the star yeah. that kind of came out looked very in the crowd, and I think that's always a nice kind of moment to go for. Um, so it worked really well, um, particularly as well with the huge uh, screens they've got at AT and T Stadium looked super cool in the um, in the ladder match, uh, and also in the Hay in the Cell. Like they looked awesome in those where you kind of got like the high angle shots, and you can see the screens mm-hmm. in it as well. I thought that looked really nice. And they were using them to count Brock Lesnar's suplexes. Oh, were they? That was I did spot that. Flashing that up was, numbers on the, was, I think on the really smaller nice. ones on the ends. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they just, they, I mean, they always do a good shot, uh, a good job with like WrestleMania sets and WrestleMania screen setups and stuff. But I thought with AT and T Stadium being such a high end kind of cutting edge stadium, they did a really, really good job overall, like utilizing all the screens well. Every element of it felt really well put together. I was kind of just thinking for a little while about the production meetings and stuff that must have gone on to be like, okay, well, on these set of screens, we're going to have this, and this is mm-hmm. going to be here, because it's a lot more than they're using the usual setup, but I thought it just worked really well overall. Yep. Um, right. So, it was the tag team match next, I believe. No. 
was Jericho oh, and Jericho Styles, and Styles was next. Yes, it was. Uh, this was a good match, um, but I don't think it blew me away. It was a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. yeah it kind of kicked up at the end, but before that, it was pretty pretty slow start. Yeah. Some of the spots just looked a little bit awkward, like they were trying a bit too hard. Yeah. But overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. It went longer than I thought they would give them. So yeah, I, it, I did, it did th- kick up at the end. Um, I like the finish. The finish looked super cool. Like going for the phenomenal forearm and Jericho counting into the code breaker. I thought actually looked like Co- Jericho doesn't hit that code breaker very clean, but it's a hard spot to hit clean, I think. And it did look good. Um, I and, think Jericho's code breaker generally looks all right. Yeah, I thought that just this one was particularly difficult to get because he's like coming off the top rope and stuff, and Jericho doesn't have a lot of space to work in where he's positioned. Um, and what's the other? Oh, the other spot I really, really, really liked actually was the um, the counter in the walls of Jericho into the calf crusher. Because yep. there was mm. like ten seconds of me going, "How does that work with anatomy and?" How has he managed to get his leg the right? Uh, that was that just was really cool. Um, I it, had two it, issues with this match. Okay, what were they? The first one was um, that Jericho doesn't do the Walls of Jericho properly anymore. It's just a Boston crap. No, the Walls of Jericho and the Lion Tamer are two different moves, Peter. Are they? Yes. Well, then he should stop doing the Walls of Jericho and go back to doing the Lion Tamer because the Walls of Jericho is pish. It's just a Boston the, crab. The Walls of Jericho has basically always been a Boston crab. Um, sometimes he does, he doesn't go, he doesn't do the full step over into a full Boston crab. Um, the lion tamer, the lion tamer is the one where he puts the knee in the back. Yeah. Um, Standing up knee on the back of the neck. Uh, he changed that when he came up to WWE, in fact, um, because it's hard to hit the lion tamer on bigger guys. Um, but he, he does, we talked about this on the previous podcast. He does still hit it reasonably regularly. Um, And they always call it the walls of Jericho. They do, but it is the Lion Tamer. They are two distinct moves. Okay. My second issue was that why did Jericho win this match? Oh, uh, fuck knows. Oh, well, no, no, we know why. You, you I just know, don't you, get no, it. No, you know why he wins, right? Everyone knows why. Why? Why did AJ Styles work for 10 years and who is booking WrestleMania? That's why. <laughs> okay. Oh. It just It's like, like they made Sting lose. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why. Well, AJ Styles did become number one contender the next night, so I don't think it's really that. No, I I think it is. I think it is because Vince wants it initially, and then he's fine. But he wants that initial, no, WWE's better. He wants to kind of put them in their place. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think the the theme of the full card was the... Like somebody you didn't expect won most of the matches. That's what I yeah. got from most of it. So it just looks like they were going for surprises most of the night. That's, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's interesting... a reason that I thought because Zack Ryder, Jericho, and then later on like Corbin and even the League yeah, of Nations. Which is, I mean, that's that would be fine if the surprises were like genuine surprises, but they were kind of like letdowns. See, like, what... Jericho winning that match just made me think. Well, they just killed any momentum yeah. that AJ could have had. Yeah. I did see. And then nice... obviously the next night on Raw, they are correcting that, which is yeah. good to see. But it just kind of deflated me. I did yeah. see a nice theory there that the reason they were surprises all night was that so people would be like, "Oh, maybe Reigns isn't going to win then because they've been giving us surprises all night." <laughs> yeah, uh, which maybe. is interesting. All right, um, yeah, this was kind of fine. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, um, but it was fine. 
Uh, League of Nations beat the New Day, but not for the tag titles. It's a six-man tag match, even though it had been heavily implied it was going to be four on three. Uh, and then Barrett was well, like... It was, was, was stated that it was going to be four on three until the last minute. But it was also like a little while ago, it was going to be for the tag belts, and then it wasn't. Um, yeah. yeah. They just didn't have a clue what they were doing in the build-up to this WrestleMania. I mean, change stipulations no. all I mean obviously, place. important things from this match. Bootios. Oh, oh the New Day are amazing. Brilliant. That's just fucking incredible. I, Did Jess you see the Dragon ingredients list characters. on the side of it? The ingredients list is great, yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Z characters. Dragon Ball Z characters. <laughs> like everything. Woods had the fucking tail. It was just... It was great. <laughs> Fuck it. The, the, um, Francesca 2 got painted black and gold. It was super mm-hmm. cool. Uh yeah, that was that was a really nice spot. Um, the, the also like the WWE props department did an amazing job to get that much gigantic cereal because yeah. that was a lot of gigantic cereal, right? Yeah, mm. came out that box. I was very impressed. I thought when it first spilled over, I thought they just filled it with bagels. <laughs> yeah, but they were huge. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, it was that was really really impressive. They did really well. Um, what I enjoyed even more than that was uh, Rusev entering ass- afterwards and then just running out and booting them. Yeah, <laughs> which that was really everything cool. Rusev does makes me laugh. Rusev is the best. He's so funny. Yeah, Rusev he's is the hilarious. Thing ever. Um, yeah, that was probably my favorite bit for this match. Yeah, apart from it was nice to see Xavier Woods wrestle because he's really good. Yeah, it was. Um, he's kind of a victim of his own success, though, isn't he? They don't let him wrestle because he's too good outside the ring. Yeah, um, I, th- I guess the depressing thing about this match is it was, in retrospect, a transparent vehicle to get uh, the, ne- the legends in at the end of the match. Yeah, so it makes those changes seem. Well, you, you can see why they made all those yeah. numerous well, changes. We were, we were but say, before we... that, I want I want to give a mention to Biggie's double spear through the ropes, where it looked like he fucking murdered himself. Yeah, that looked really cool. <laughs> because it, it looked like afterwards that Del Rio and Kingston were just improvising because Biggie had knocked himself out. Yeah, it did a little bit. Oh, man. It, yeah, I thought this was this was an enjoyable match, but was perhaps lacking some... Like, the problem when you've got all three of the New Day wrestling is you kind of lack the normal New Day shenanigans. Because there's no you're one missing the Xavier Woods outside yeah, the ring. You're missing Xavier Woods being Xavier Woods, and that's kind of like he is, a, as you say, he's a very good wrestler, but he also is kind of a better manager, effectively, you know. Um, all right, the legends. I like this, to be honest. I thought it was terrible. No, I really liked it. I have, again, no issue with them being there. My buddies and I were. <laughs> but um, my issue with it is that. The League of Nations had just beaten the tag team champions. And then they said that they were super powerful, which is believable because they've just beaten the tag team champions. Yeah. And then these three broken old men come out and beat them up. Yeah, but my, my argument there is that the League of Nations have just been through a match as well. Like, so that these guys are fresh. And as they pointed out repeatedly, they're Hall of Famers, which makes them yeah, like elite like, tier. Steve Austin's only got one knee. Yeah. Shawn Michaels' back is just about holding together. Yeah. You know, Mick Foley... Mick Foley is essentially (laughs) dead, I think. Yeah, I don't know what parts of him are still, like, functioning. Yeah, but I still liked it. It was just a nice spot to pop the crowd. I I, I found it all fun. 
and me and my mates were laughing yeah. our head off when we seen him come out and yeah. stunning people and everything. It's, it was just meant to be a fun spot, and it was. It was but, a fun spot. But, yeah, logical brain on uh, Pete's right. It's totally stupid. It doesn't make any sense. But it was fun. Yeah. But also, didn't Sean Michael have a really bad drinking problem? Yeah, I think it was more drugs, but drink from had an effect as well. Yeah. At the end of that, when Steve Austin was sharing the beers around, I was spent the whole time going, no, you can't give that to Sean Martin. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I was genuinely thinking that as well. It was, um, <laughs> it was, a, it was a little bit like, I can't remember exactly what Sean Michael's addiction yeah. problems were. And then watching Sean Michael's really closely to see if he's taking a sip. Mm. Yeah, well, just, like, I I do know that you... when they did this, um, like one of Austin's the one of the spots that Austin felt the worst about he ever did in his entire career was when he pours. There's a spot where he pours beer down Scott Hall's throat, and we all know about Scott oh. Hall's issues. And Austin like says he regrets that to this day because he just was like, I felt really bad about doing that. That was a horrible thing to do, even though Scott agreed to it. Like, yeah, you can see, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what I did yeah, maybe I'm just... is that it was Steve Austin's own beer. Yes, that, they were drinking. that made me laugh. I was like, yeah. And the schemey bastard kept putting <laughs> his, the cans up to the camera. Yeah, yep. I really liked that. That was just like, Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve Austin doing, ain't doing shit for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my points is that every time he shows up, he's promoting one of his own things. He's promoting his podcast. He's promoting his beard. He's promoting his shady reality shows. Steve Austin ain't showing up for free. No, yeah, that's he's always pretty... very careful to put that broken skull cap out on the table when he's doing his podcast. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's because Steve Austin is a proper professional wrestler. Steve Austin came up through like classic professional wrestling, and he knows that he needs to take care of himself. Uh, if you like, because he he came up through Texas, you know, and that's still like at the time was still borderline carny territory, you know? You like you look <laughs> after yourself. WCCW. Yeah. Navon Eriks. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. God. That's 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 what he knows. He knows the deal. And also I They I, used to have greased pole matches in WCCW where the winner, genuinely the winner was like professional wrestlers and the winner won a truck if he made it to the top of the pole. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Oh that's a great price. But <laughs> I think as well we're gonna we're gonna see a very similar thing when we um when like the current crop of guys who used to be indie wrestlers when they retire I think we're gonna see them do the exact same thing Austin does because they had that big period of like you sell your own gimmicks etc um yep. so like when they retire they're gonna be like yeah I retired but I gotta like sell my shit so It'll I'm be here a different pro wrestling tees t-shirt yeah, exactly and um, they know what they're doing. Uh, right, uh, I, like I know you didn't like it, Peter, but it wasn't like it's an enjoyable spot, right? It, did you at least enjoy seeing these guys? I enjoyed seeing, yeah, all three of them. I enjoyed seeing. I've was never a big fan of Shawn Michaels' character. Oh, can we say how like Shawn Michaels looked in better shape than some guys on the active roster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like I say, I was never a, a big fan of his character, but. It was nice to see him. He was spectacular in the ring, yeah. obviously. And it was nice to see them out again. But I just didn't like what it did to New Day. And I think that's the thing that 
like we were just saying about Steve Austin, knowing that he has to promote things. I think that's the thing that the wrestling business has lost in the past few years is that it has kind of forgotten that it has to promote the guys that are going to be the next 10, yeah. 15 years of the I, mean, I think promotion. that's true. You know, they gave half an hour to The Rock and The Rock's yeah, not we're, we're gonna get turning to that. for WWE every week. Yeah, we're going to get to that part. Like, that's, well, that's why I don't mind this spot, though, because it's like five minutes long or something, you know? Yeah. And that's why I was like, that is an appropriate length to have these guys come out. It's a nice treat for everyone. It's WrestleMania. I'll tell you, the, the one way that I will be perfectly happy with this spot is if it turns into a much longer thing where every year at WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels just comes out and super kicks someone. Yeah, if, if it's and always that goes these, on for like if, if, if years. every year it's just these three guys and they tell them to hit their finishes, you're like, yeah, right. Because Shawn Michaels appeared last year in the weird Sting Triple H match. He yes. turned up at the end and it was kind of not announced. He didn't run out. He just, he just appeared. Out of the crowd or he just fucking appeared he just magically. Appeared from thin air, super kicked somebody, and everyone went, "Oh look, it's Shawn Michaels." <laughs> and it was like, "I'm done, guys. Peace out." Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be cool if that just turned into a, a yeah. long running thing. Yeah, next to the card, deeply disappointing street fight. Yeah, this is the thing I was most sad about. I had my Dean this... Ambrose shirt on. Yeah, I was really excited. Yeah, and it only got thirteen minutes. Yeah, a street fight in the PG era. I don't have a problem with a street fight in the PG era. I've, I just have a problem with this match and the fact that it was given no time. They didn't I think get any if weapons you go, out, just, do you want to just go twenty minutes? Uh, as a hell of a lot more entertaining than better. Like because, because trying to squeeze it all into 13 minutes. Dean Ambrose has spent all this time talking about how he's the Iron Man, how he's not going to keep him down. And then he goes down at the first real damage he takes. Well, if you, if you do it out of account, it took 13 suplexes. It took a shitload of candlestick shots, a lot of knees, and an F5 on a bunch of chairs. Yeah. That but was... the, fact, the fact that it ran through in 13 minutes... You forget all that because it's so quick and abrupt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my problem as well is the finish really felt like, oh, this is the first false finish in the match, right? Yeah, there was no false finishes. Like, this felt like, okay, this is the first false finish, and maybe Brock still gets the win, but, like, Ambrose is going to get his second win, he's going to get the comeback spot, he's the baby face. Like, the problem with this spot is it breaks, like, bits of it broke traditional pro wrestling, like, the traditional pro wrestling mould. Of yeah, the baby see, face gets their comeback spot. And he got like little ones, but he doesn't get a big comeback spot in this match. To me, the 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 finish kind of felt and I mean I when I grew up watching ECW, so the finish kind of felt to me like it was just the match getting started. Yeah, it did. It felt like it okay, really now they've done the sort of slow intro to it and now Ambrose is gonna start getting the weapons out. And yeah. this is how Street Fight goes. And then it was all over. I was like, oh, okay. Also, I like, did like though the suplex Brock Lesnar doing the suplex where he completely missed the chairs and landed on them himself. I know that was great. Um, <laughs> I, I was, was thinking really about sloppy this match. Really, it was. It was quite sloppy. My thinking about yeah. it though, as I was, I was watching, I was like, ah, oh, there's two things. Right, the released German suplexes look brutal, but I reckon they're probably safer to take because there's less chance of you landing on your head. Yeah. Um, which is really, I thought that was really interesting. And you get that extra sort of quarter of a second to adjust in the air as well. Yeah, so I actually thought that was really nice because um, you're you're taking much more of a conventional like as long as Brock releases you at the right point, you're taking like a pretty conventional back bump and that's fine. Whereas if we're a full on German, it's a very good chance it's just going to drop you on your head. Uh, and I, I just, yeah, but I 
I just felt they didn't get enough time. Cut 15 minutes out of the rock and give it to this. <laughs> the thing is, if you cut 50 minutes out of the rock, he'd just go 50 minutes over because he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but this this is meant to be one of the three main events, right? There was there were kind of advertised three co-main events. The other two get half an hour. This got 15 minutes. Yeah, and you're looking down at what they devoted time to the well, if you look at the Jericho AJ Styles match, it's essentially a nothing match. Yeah. If you come down to it, it just doesn't really do much in terms of storyline. But you had the chance of making Dean Ambrose for life, and you've got mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar, who you're paying about what, $6 million a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just throw it away in a 10-minute match. And you spent all this time building Dean Ambrose up as the Iron Man of WWE, and you can't put him down. And it just looks like an idiot. Going for yep. a chainsaw that doesn't work. Picking up barbed wire that he immediately misses and gets beaten because of. Uh, yeah. Throwing yeah. in a lot of chairs and then not really using them. It was another match, I think, where the finish was the wrong choice. I think we just stayed as quiet with Brock Lesnar again. I don't even mind... If Ambrose had won, it could have been huge for the next six months no because the way you book this is you book it like wrestlemania 13 like bret hart and stone cold you have ambrose go out like you have the classic if i lose it's because you fucking killed me and that wasn't the feeling in this match yeah like stone cold loses that match because he basically passes out from blood loss right that is a way to get a guy over this is not a way to get dean ambrose over this is a way to make Dean Ambrose look fairly average. If, 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 Which is if a shame Ambrose had won this, totally behind him. Yeah, if Ambrose had won this, he's kind of set for life. If he'd won this... To well, a point. And even if he'd had like a really, really, really strong showing, like, does he even get like one decent pin attempt on Lesnar? He gets dirty deeds on a chair. Oh, yeah. He does, yeah. But um, like, he needs more than that, you know? Oh, that was yeah. the other thing. Sorry about the Styles-Jericho match. Yeah. Jericho kicked out of the Styles clash. Twice. He's kicked out oh, of it yeah. twice now. A move which has a reputation for being dangerous and has genuinely hurt people, and they won't even protect that finishing move. Yep, he has kicked what, out of it, it did twice. Get the, it did get the pin on Raw, though, but, uh, against Jericho in the field. Which is match. super weird! But the next night, like, yeah, probably that'll do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I can't kick out of it this time. You've worn me down. Yeah, that was yep. just good. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Derailing us back to an earlier subject. All right. Triple threat match for the Women's Championship. So it's something we need to mention. It's, it's uh, very important, I feel. There are no more Divas in WWE. Divas do not exist except on Total Divas because Total Divas makes them a lot of money. So Total Divas still exists. But all... All wrestlers are now called superstars, regardless of gender. And the Divas Championship is the Women's Championship, and it looks like the WWE Championship. This is awesome, right? This is really good. It is a very, very, very positive step. Yep. I think it's been a long time coming, and the reaction of the crowd was fantastic as well, because the fear is that they do this, and the crowd's like, yeah, we don't really care. But the crowd crowd were very into it. Very much behind it. Yep. Colin? So it really felt like WWE has been a few years now trying to catch up with what their audience thinks about women's dressing. Yeah. And that's really cool to see. Yeah. Colin? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, good move. Uh, the pop for Sasha Banks was big, and I'm so happy to see that people gave it a chance. Yeah, and I was... didn't just go for a piss like they normally do. <laughs> um, but to me, it, it, towards it at the end of the show, I, I was thinking back and I was like, what match could have really been the best main event? It'd have been this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost certainly. Think of the praise they would have got if they had put this on last. Oh, yeah. Think how much more of a positive feel yeah. people would have coming out of the event so, if this was... You might have had to change the finish from Charlotte winning, but yeah. this is a match I would have been most happy with to say was the main event. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think... And it was the match of the night, and it was kind of predictable it was going to be the match of the night yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, match of the night by Miles. Yeah, I think the only downside is the finish is kind of weird, right? Because they do the whole, like, yeah, women are empowered and stuff, and Charlotte won because her dad helped her. That's not really how I took it. Uh, I, know it's, I know it's the classic that... heel move. It's definitely the classic heel move. And I've yeah, got no but, objection to that. But I don't, the way I took it is that Charlotte's so desperate to win that she'll take help from her dad's dad, dad. It wasn't that women are weaker than the. Flair. I know. I, I that's not the impression I took away from it. I, I thought it was just a dastardly heel that took took whatever one they could in the biggest match of their life. That's the way I, I could definitely. It. I didn't really get I that could, impression. I could definitely agree with you. I just think my problem with it is if you look at it from like a meta narrative perspective, it's it's just kind of a weird like you're sending two messages at once. It kind of felt like a little bit. I think if you look at it in terms of wrestling structures and kayfabe etc that finish makes perfect sense but i just think if you look at it in like the the broader context of how they try to present women's wrestling and the positive changes they're making by having charlotte win because a guy helps her feels that just feels kind of off to me a little bit yeah i i can i can see where the complaints come from but i kind of appreciated that ending because it now enables the faces in that situation. Um, and I fully assumed that would still be Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, but it doesn't look like it's going to be there. No. They'll be they'll be able to say that, well, you're not a fitting woman's champion because you needed yeah. to help you. Yeah, and I definitely think it works if you look at it uh, in a storyline perspective. I just think if you look at it from a pure presentational yeah, but... perspective, that's where I have issues. Yeah. Totally get that. Um, that's, that is my only issue with this at all. I thought it was a really, really good match. Uh, although I actually have one other very small issue is that I felt Sasha Banks' entrance was not as cool as her Brooklyn entrance. And she gets Snoop Dogg, but also Snoop Dogg's her cousin, which makes it seem like way less impressive. No, it's it's good that they had the, like, that they had him there because of family, I think. I, mean, I thought that was cool. Yeah. She was wearing Eddie Guerrero's ring gear. Yeah, but the Eddie Guerrero ringing thing was awesome. I'll give you that. Although he could have stopped Ric Flair if he'd stayed at ringside, but he just got the munchies and ran away at the yeah. popcorn stand. So. Also, I would like to point out probably my favourite thing of the entire night, or one of my favourite things of the entire night, is uh, Becky doing her entrance first and her hat staying falling off and it's staying on the screen for the other two entrances. Just really yeah. amused me. Yeah. Because it just really undercut them. And I was like, this looks slightly ludicrous now because there's just a hat there. Could no one go and get the hat in between entrances? Yeah, I thought someone would probably put that out of the way. Um, but uh, Charlotte's moonsault in this match on the second rope yeah, to the outside was a thingy, thingy beauty. 
It was absolutely brilliant. And you had a lot of good false finishes in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while they were going for submissions, the submissions looked good. Which is yep. And all the early don't... stuff, the the repeated pin attempts at the start were all nice oh, yeah. and quick and snappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was only one sloppy thing in this match, and that was Sasha Banks missing the sunset flip, but the rest of the match pretty much went about perfectly. And it was definitely my match of the night. Uh, I was a bit disappointed with the result. I'd like to see Becky or Sasha win. I really like Becky now after hating her when she first debuted in the NXT. Yeah, but, me too. I think this year has been Becky's year. Yeah, I think she's I think just she's been, been fantastic. She's developed so, so well. Yeah, uh, cause I, I hated her when she first started, which was doing this jig. Yeah. And then when she, when she found her new attitude, I really Borderline hated racist, her. racist, Becky Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> and then just annoying Becky Lynch, I hated as well. But now she's totally turned around for me. So it'd, it'd be nice to see one of those two win. It would be. But yeah, I understand why Charlotte won to, to yeah. fight Natalia. I don't really get that one. But yeah. Well, I, I hope it's not for the same reason that they fought in NXT, where basically you two can fight each other because you both have relatives that used to be good wrestlers. That basically seems yeah. to be what it is. That would yeah. be really shit. Um, but it'll be nice for this to maybe get a rematch at SummerSlam, Triple Threat again, or maybe a Fatal 4-Way with Bailey. Yeah, something like that. Down at SummerSlam, that'd be quite cool. I, th- I do think that Natalia deserves the run, though, because I think she's very good. And mm. like I say, she's super likeable. All right. Next up, Hell in a Cell. Shane versus The Undertaker. This was, I, I kind of like this match overall. I thought it was relatively tame for a Hell in a Cell, but it was always going to be in context. Mm, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was as good as it could be with two middle-aged men that really need to do more conditioning training. I uh, know, I <laughs> thought Shane was probably pretty, Shane was good. He um, was okay, but I mean, he was still blowing out. Like five minutes in. See the, the thing. The thing with the thing totally with Shane is, I was not sure if Shane was selling or not that he was <laughs> just gassed. Because like, because I because if you if you've watched the training videos of him, you know he could have probably gone for a good forty minutes in that match. Yeah. Um. So I, I that's why I kind of felt that he was probably just selling that it was more selling the beat down from the from Undertaker than just being exhausted. Yeah. Because I also think that Shane got a concussion in this match. Yeah, quite possible. Uh, when he was put through the, when Undertaker put him through the side of the cage onto the announce table, yeah, it really looked like he cracked the back of his head, and then his eyes yeah. were glazed. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that was just like really good selling or if he actually was. But I, when I was looking at that, I was thinking, oh god, they're going to have to stop this early. And then he went on to jump off the top of the world. Yeah. Mm. Before we get Shane's, to that stuff, though, wait. Very important. Shane's thing. punches were really smug and snug and knees and everything. Yeah. They were really quite tight. He's Muay Thai trainer he's been doing with GSP's camp, which was just weird when you see him putting in terrible submission moves. Yeah, but I know I, I do agree. He's been like, training with GSP's coach. But, but I do, yeah, I was I looking agree. at I was looking at that uh, triangle like you were saying and seeing Undertaker's face go red and like, is he actually choking him out? Yeah, I was pretty sure he just choked you out. He forgot that he was meant to like loosen up in it a bit. Uh, and the one though, on the other hand, it's Undertaker. So Undertaker might have been just like fucking lock it in. I don't care. Oh, he's just fucking gas because he's fifty-one and his face is just turned beetroot because he's absolutely knackered. No, that, like you don't turn that. Cut. And also, he had like that huge well, glob of. Stat- I've, I've caught a gl- I've caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror after insanity, and 
app worked pretty purple but sometimes. Did you see so. also like that huge glob of snot or whatever that came down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, and I was just like, no, I think he's choking him out. Shane, like, loosen up. Um, well, I think that was from a punch. I think he knocked his nose a little yeah. bit. Import- you know, it's, it's not always blood that comes out when you get your, your nose rattled. Important element, though, to this. Um, the Undertaker's entrance was five minutes and ten seconds long in relation to what we talked about in the previous podcast about who's going the longest entrance of the night. So that was 5.10 with including a minute and a half of the Undertaker standing in the doorway to the cell. <laughs> Which is just weird, right? That's weird. So I'm just going to pause for a bit. Um, I did like Shane bringing his kids out, but then based on how this match went, I was like, Shane, you're a fucking monster putting your kids ringside for this. <laughs> yeah, but it was so weird when they came out. I turned to my mate and went, he's going to get fucked up in front of his kids. They're going to be yeah. scared. It's going to be, it's going to be like Mick Foley's kids. They're going to turn out... They're going to turn out weird because they thought they had to watch. Like, at least, at, least, at least Shane's kids probably were a lot more informed. Like, Foley's kids had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. Like, I've got a feeling at least Shane's kids kind of knew what was going on. But even so, that was super, super. I was just like, I feel very uncomfortable with this decision, Shane. Why are did you, you going to tell your kids this and warn them? By the way, guys, I'm going to jump off a 25-foot cell through a table. But don't worry, I'm only playing. Well, I mean, but but then when his kids tried to jump over the barrier himself, he was like, "Oh no, that's too dangerous!" and lifted them over. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't want your kids jumping over a little barrier, but you're going to jump off the top of a cage and almost die in oh, front of them. Also, I did like what? Shane making it rain money. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, yeah. Overall bits of the match, um, the triangle choke, like we were saying, that was actually it was a cool spot, but it looked weird. I definitely agree with you on his striking, though, Corinne. I actually really liked his striking. Um, it's because it looked real. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like he was like actually pelting under two. Yeah. Um, um, I, I liked... What I really liked was the jump up DDT on the steel steps. Yeah. Just popped up out of nowhere. Like, oh, Jesus. Where'd that come from? Um, that was I, a nice move. I did. I like Shane's kind of tanking ability in this match, but I feel that he the kick out should have been less emphatic. Like he kicks out pretty emphatically to, he kicks out like he gets choke slammed onto the stairs and like gets a pretty emphat- emphatic kick out at two. Like he should barely be getting his shoulder up. Also, it's super weird that Undertaker pinned him on the stairs, right? I thought that was weird, and yeah. then I couldn't remember if that was allowed or not. Yeah, it's happened before. It was still super weird though. Yeah. Um. What else do I like? Uh. Oh, I love. So, obviously, we should talk about the biggest spot, which is Shane jumping off the fucking cell. But before we get to that, Bolt Cutters was genius. Like, just the way he brought Bolt Cutters out and cut the panel off the cell, I actually really liked, because it was just... it was Shane was like, I want to get outside, so I'm prepared. It kind of felt smart. (laughs) I like... It was like it was a moment uh, after Undertaker kicked out from something, and you, I just saw Shane glancing up, and I was like, "No, oh, yeah. don't do this. This is no, it's too much. Don't." But but, but I, I, I really liked Undertaker turned around and looked like he was going to jump Tombstone him 
through this fucking table. Yeah, that that works sick. But what I I did I see the thing I really like with Shane is, is Shane to me feels like he's very much come in like with a plan. So that's why he's got the bolt cutters. That's why it's like the toolbox that he nails in to take with later. Mm-hmm. It just feels like certain things were set up. Um, like he had made sure that certain things were preset, and I kind of liked that element of it because it, it gave me that element of okay Shane this is going to be a hard match he's got to have a game plan going in so he's going to like alright I've got the ability to get out the cell all that kind of stuff just well they were very taken. like attitude era props weren't they yeah um, I haven't really seen bolt cutters for no but years. it was re- I just thought that was kind of cool that and that he went for because I was like oh is he just going to cut through the cell because that's going to take fucking ages it's like, no, it's just the bolts. See, like it holds the panel in place. Well, he wasn't actually cutting anything either. No, he wasn't. But it still looked good. Yeah. Um, right. But... That crash through... After he'd cut that off, the crash through that and onto the announce table... That was, was brutal. ...really scared me. Yeah. But, come on, did it scare you as much as the the job? Well, yeah, because the I wasn't quite expecting it to happen like that. Yeah, I and suppose that's true. With a jump, you're standing looking at him thinking, he's going to do it because this is what Shane McMahon does. Yeah, the thing with the jump for me, though, is he does his classic bit where he crosses himself. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But if you watch the video, because you don't see it, uh, I don't think you see it on the extra WWE feed, but someone, oh, it was actually Stephen Merchant. He was like front row behind the announcers. Um, Stephen Merchant? Yeah. Um, and post- Stephen the Mail. No, Stephen Merchant. Is it not Stephen the Mail? No, it was Stephen Merchant, because I saw a video of Stephen Merchant, like, that Stephen Merchant posted this video. All right. Because uh, I know it was Stephen Merchant, because at the end of it, he turns the camera to face him, and it's Stephen Merchant's face. <laughs> All right, okay. I haven't seen this one then. Uh, um, but he's got, like, he's super close. He's got an angle looking up at Shane, and Shane crosses himself. And you can't really see it because the WWE angle is far out, but you see it on this. As after he crosses himself, there's kind of like a sigh and he shrugs his shoulders a little bit. And he's like, well, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I guess this is going to happen, guys. And he's like, oh, no that's, back now. that's, yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm committed now again. Uh, and yes, yeah, the table's padded and there's airbags under the table. But also Shane is 46. And he almost yeah. missed it. He pretty much missed the body's earbag. Yeah. And but it also you, still uh, looked fucking nuts, right? Regardless yeah, of the fact there's like, any padding there, that's terrifying. The, there were airbags under the table, and it was slightly padded on the table. But, you know, he still fell from a height that people shouldn't fall from. Like, that is a no. high, high fall for, and like... He still stopped quite suddenly. Yeah, so, for, yeah. That's, that's a big fall for someone in the prime of life to take. The dude is 46. Yeah. I, I've never been so terrified of a wrestling yeah. spot as when he was climbing that cage and on the top. I, yeah. to, I really wanted to see it, but really didn't at the same time. Yeah. And, but, but after you've been through health and safety lectures on building sites a few times, and you find out that most deaths from height occur from eight or nine feet. Yep. You yeah. see the guy on top of a 22-foot cage, and you think, there's a really good chance I'm about to watch a guy commit suicide. <laughs> yep. I I would also like to uh, that the import- like a friend of a friend fell off the it was a roofer and he was roofing the porch above somebody's front door, so he was like seven and a half feet in there, he fell off onto his head and died. Yeah. Yeah. From like when seven you, when, and a half feet. When you know that and you see those 
even the ladder spots, you think, my God, that these guys are so close to death, it's quite scary. Yeah. And this really scared me. And I was so glad when I seen him yeah. at least get picked up. And when the next night when he came out on Raw, I was yeah. I was so glad that he wasn't actually properly injured. The the two things I I like to talk about with the the commentary here is the difference in the commentary. JBL, I thought I don't like JBL generally, but I thought he was perfect for this spot because he his voice was just sounded like genuine concern to me. Because Cole was doing stuff and it just felt really bland, and JBL was like, "You don't have to fucking do this. What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, and that's what I felt. That was just a, that was a, actually felt like a really important difference. Um, because particularly when you see the angle, and there's a point like that uh, after he goes for the table where he says, um, "For the love of mankind," and he's clearly reading off a fucking script. You see him looking down at a clipboard, and I was like, "Great, cheers, Cole." That really made that work. But J- yeah, JBL it f- it felt forced. Yeah, JBL, I thought was really, really, really good here because he's like just shouting for medics and stuff. And it was he his genuine concern for another like, uh, yeah, yes, JBL's retired, but like his genuine concern for another performer felt like it outweighed what he was doing as a commentator to me. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah, which I guess is the, the target when he's trying to do it. Yeah, but that's what it really felt like. And it, it didn't, it did not feel like it was rehearsed or anything. It just felt like that was his actual reaction to what Shane was doing and that no one had told him Shane was going to do that. And he was like, don't, you don't need to do this, Shane. It's fine. You can beat him another way. Uh yeah, so I I did like that bit. Um, I was so glad that it it missed Undertaker because that would have killed Undertaker. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I they loved were the Undertaker's cages face. Che- they were the chest in. Yeah, I just loved the. Uh, it ended up with a Kofi Kingston chest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Kofi. No. Uh, but I just loved his face of like pure shock when he was sitting. Yeah. And you could see him looking at the referee to like get a nod or something just to get yeah. he's not dead. But what, pal. but what I really like as well is like the cause I know it's real concern, but the Undertaker's kind of uncertainty with everything he does in the match after that spot is brilliant. Um because it was it just felt like he was like, D- I don't, I don't really care about the future of the company that much. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Some things are more important. I like also kind of there was a point where I was kind of like, he's thinking. He looked at me anyway, like he's thinking, if Shane is this willing to fight for the company, maybe he should just have it. Maybe I'll just, yeah. maybe I just like put his arm over me and he can fucking have it. I don't care. Yeah, it looked like it was a moment of, like, he was having second thoughts about winning this match. Yeah. Or what he was going to do. Yeah. Um, especially, especially when he pulled him in the ring yeah. afterwards. Yeah, it's like, that has some yeah, really it was good like, storyline potential. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like he's thinking, should I really do this after what yeah. this guy's put himself through? Yeah. But then I, when, when he's walking away from the ring, you get that smirk. Yeah. From Undertaker, like, but aye. The, the points at the end of it I love, like, I love the pat to the face where he's just like, don't worry, Shane, I'm going to end it now. That was kind of nice. That was kind of a sweet moment. 
Um, but it also had that because they kind of semi replicated the the Shawn Michaels retirement ending, where yeah. um like he won't stay down and he's just like kind of clinging on to Undertaker to crawl back up. Um, that was nice. Uh, and it also just had this. The kind of feel to it really reminded me of of the um I'm sorry I love you, like it just had that kind of feeling to it for some reason. It just yeah, felt I like know what you mean. For something that had a really short build, the end to that match felt like it had a real finality to it. Well, uh, they did a good job with the match itself and making it feel like it was mean, like it meant something to both of them. Yeah, but yeah, I just really like that the the Undertaker. As we, as I was saying before, like just this look of I know he does get the smirk as he's walking out the ramp, but it's just this kind of look of regret that he beat him at like early on. It's yeah, and great. a little bit of shock and a little bit of respect, and yeah. you know, I think just sim uh, not symbolized, but like epitomizes how good of a performer the Undertaker is. Yeah, yeah, because really. he managed to convey all that with yeah. like a couple of minutes and a few looks. And it would be lovely if we get the Undertaker back, as you say, because there's real storyline potential for him to be like Vince. Shane, like Shane might have, like Shane was right. Like, yeah. a, if a guy, a guy who's willing to do that to himself, probably has some valid points. So yeah, uh, I do think the downside to this match, and this was a point that Max Landis made, is Shane very clearly says in a promo, "The company's terrible, so yeah. I'm here to save it." <laughs> And then he loses, so the company continues being terrible. Yeah, that's. And then he gets put in charge in Raw. In a way, night. he gets a night in charge of Raw, and it's a fantastic episode of Raw, the yeah. best I've had in years. So that's like a. It just feels very odd from a storyline perspective. It's a little bit all over the place. Um, I don't. I really yeah. hope it is developing into something where the Undertaker basically goes, "No, Vince." You are wrong. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, all right. Uh, we had the nice palate cleanser that was the Battle Royal. Um, the number of shocks, like DDP in it, was not expecting. Tatanka? No. I didn't even see Tatanka okay. until about five minutes in. Yeah, Tatanka wasn't introduced. He walked in with all the Which was weird, right? flusher people. Okay, Tatanka was racist in 1993. And yeah. it was unacceptable. How is he still doing that shit now? Yeah. That was it was weird. Um but then Shaq <laughs> That was another one of these random moments in the night where me and my buddies just buddies for the fuck say buddies for my mate. <laughs> Fucking idiot Colin. My, oh, me and my mates just started laughing for like what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, it, he came out and I was so like, random. but why would they do that? And then after about 30 seconds, I kind of thought, well, okay. It did work. Did see, it actually worked. I generally thought it did well. Did you see the Tommy Jeeber's tweet 30 seconds after Shaq got announced? What? It was, uh, just got bumped from the Battle Royal for Shaq. <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Tommy Jeeber. Uh, but it's also like Shaq was just ringside and they probably just went up to him and went, oh, pow. Do I jump in here? <laughs> he has said for years he's going to be involved in a WrestleMania. So it was pretty um, cool. But I, I really like to show down with the Big Show because it's one of the few guys who you feel... Like, he's taller than Big Show, but he's just 
he's one of those few tall guys who is as physically impressive as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he's a big guy now. Yeah. I, I mean, he kind of always was, but he's since he retired, obviously, he's bulked out a bit. Yeah, it just looks really good. Like, it, it actually felt like a real... You don't get that feeling of, like, a real confrontation of giants very often with a big show, and this really felt like it. Um, the only kind of weird thing was in the big... After they both get them later, the big show just being like, ah, whatever, and then just helping him up was yeah. kind of odd. Yeah. Yes, I did think that was a strange thing to see going across the bottom of the screen <laughs> and the Undertaker and Shaq basically with their arms around each other. just be like, yeah, whatever, mate, it's fine. Don't, just, we're chill. That was, uh, that was did... unusual. People being moan about WWE never paying off storylines, but this storyline started seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. And they paid it off at WrestleMania, so yeah. kudos okay, to enough. WWE. I stand corrected. Also, yeah, like, Kane, was why it? did Kane try to double choke slam them both? <laughs> yeah. Like, Kane, you're, the, you're the, six inches taller than you. Yeah, you're the little one here. What are you doing? Um, was this all some kind of weird tie-in for next year's WrestleMania, which is in Orlando? Oh, probably. Shaq probably. played for Orlando, didn't he? Shaq will probably go into... He played for Miami Heat, I think. Was it? Uh, so he'll probably go into the Hall of Fame next year. Right. That's yeah. what I'm seeing. I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, so that'll pro- that's, just, that's probably the big excuse that how Shaq can go in. He was at a WrestleMania. No, he did play for the Orlando uh, Magic. The Orlando Magic and Miami Heat. So yeah. four of the... Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. I think he might be a co-owner of the Orlando Magic now, or something like that. Oh, God, really? Uh, not sure. I know he's a TV pundit, so I don't know if he's... Yeah. He's actually got, got a... Uh, I don't know if he's actually got a stake in anyone. Well, that might be Magic Johnson, actually, that owns something. Uh, I can't you racist, Chris. No, I just trying to remember who it was. Someone just, just, something. just piling all black basketball players together. That's yep, shocking. Exactly. That's exactly. You're as racist as Tatanka. <laughs> is Tatanka actually like Native American heritage, or is he just a random guy they've found? I think he's half Native American. That he he has a... got legitimate like a claim on that, okay. but his tribe doesn't dress like that. Okay, it, it makes it a little bit less racist. But... Yeah. I loved him when he showed up in like ninety two, ninety three. I think he first showed up. I thought he was brilliant. Um, but then when you look back on it, you, like I thought it was brilliant when Rowdy Roddy Piper blacked up for his match oh, against Mister T. Yeah, but, you know, looking back on that, it's like, well, maybe not. Even at the time, was that acceptable? Yeah, that's why I get watching like that. You there, I'm like, oh, that's prop. How was that acceptable in the nineties to say stuff like that? But yeah, I was right. By the way, he owns he's a minority owner of the Sacramento Kings, ah, which is technically a basketball franchise. Technically, they're like the fourth franchise in fucking California, by far the worst. In the NBA, they are. They're terrible. Yeah, you've got like the Lakers, who are now hilariously bad. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors that can't lose. The Golden State Warriors are fucking incredible. The Clippers are pretty good, and then the the Kings are the other team. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, the other team. There's, there's, there's like, oh, there's another one, I guess. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> what do we think about Corbin, though? That was a nice surprise to us. 
on a night of surprises. It was another nice surprise. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't even notice Corbin until, like, during the match. I realised he was in there, and I was like, ooh, okay. Um, yeah. But I did not expect him to win. It was a nice... They, and it seems like they're going to give him a real push. Which would be nice if they actually pushed the winner of the fucking Battle Royal for once. Well, they gave him the microphone and a couple of minutes on the Raw after WrestleMania, which is kind of a big sign of trust, isn't and it? And also he beat the shit out of Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Uh, but everyone does that. Yeah, but like way more so than normal. Like brawled him into the crowd and yep. then was mad at the referee for counting him out for some reason. It's like, what, what, what did you think would happen, Corbin? Clearly not training these guys in NXT very well, so I don't even know what counters are. Yeah. <laughs> um but I yeah, I do like I did like him um hitting the end of days onto the uh ringside area was pretty nice. Yeah. Poor Dolph Ziggler. Why has Dolph Ziggler um, got green in his hair? What's up with that? Or he pink? had all different colours. No, he pink. had pink and white as well. Weirdness. Weird stuff going on there. Um Oh, I did. I did like that. This was very much the get your shit in match again. Like DDP hits a car, Tadanka gets his weird spot. You know, it's all going on. The only thing why was Tadanka is... even now? Why was it oh. there genuinely? Money, maybe yeah, because he's from Texas. Is he from Texas? I assume okay. so. All right, so that was not. the only thing I could think of. The only reason that he could be there. You got to get people DDP from Texas. didn't make any sense because DDP's from Las Vegas. Yeah, but uh, DDP, well, DDP Tatanka's just... from North Carolina. So. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't understand DDP being there except for the fact that he's the person who's responsible for half of the Hall of Fame still being alive. <laughs> yeah, that was probably just a little thank you for not not having a massive swathe of WWE deaths in the past year. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, DDP. We didn't have much of a concussion policy, and you've really helped us out with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I, I, don't know, I think DDP is there for the same reason he was in the Royal Rumble last year, which is just to sell DDP yoga. And they were like, ah, yep. go on, then you can sell DDP yoga. For a 60 year old guy, he was still moving, okay? Yeah. So DDP yoga is doing something. Yeah. Although yep. I was a bit worried when I seen him come out because he almost had a heart attack at the Royal Rumble and was in hospital after that. So Yeah, and, and kind of when, that... well, also when he came out, he was like leaning against the rope. So I was like, that's not yeah, a great was... sign. Yeah, it looked knackered already. So yeah. I was oh, it's a, a, it's a long old have... ramp, though. It's a long, long ramp. <laughs> yeah, but I was a bit worried that we'd have two deaths on WrestleMania after I wasn't really sure if Shane would make it to the back or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was a bit worried. Okay. The Rock. And then the show takes a nosedive. So this starts at 3 hours, 33 minutes, and 40 seconds. The Rock gets a seven-minute introduction, including the cheerleaders, which includes, to be fair, the only bit of this I genuinely really liked, The Rock pausing on his entrance to flirt with a cheerleader I actually found hilarious. Yeah. And the cheerleader, nope. the cheerleader was like, yeah, you're The Rock. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few people having a problem with this. Like, oh, you're pushing women and you have the rock be a sexist, but I'm trying, I'm trying not to think into things too much anymore. See, but what did annoy me was my... the fact he came up with a flamethrower for fucking 10 minutes. Okay, that was weird. But I want to go back to your <laughs> he point. He was just like, dicking about. I want to go back to your point quickly. 
I don't think it's sexist to have The Rock flirt with a pretty lady on the way down to the ramp. No, the ramp. I agree. I agree with you. It was, it was, I just thought it was actually, it just kind of made me laugh a little bit. So I was like, ah, oh, Rock. Because it also <laughs> did look, in classic Rock style, fairly improvised. Yeah. Um, See, this is my issue with The Rock, is that he's stuck in 1999. And that shit's not really funny anymore. Some a lot I of just it, a lot of his stuff. It. Like the whole thing. This, I mean, all this stuff was okay. The stuff that he did at WrestleMania, but the stuff that he did last year with Rusev and Lana, where he implied that he slept with Lana a few months ago. Yeah, that was weird. And it's like we know that she's just got engaged to Rusev, and even if that wasn't real life thing that had happened in storyline, they're supposed to be in a relationship, and that sort of shit is just like completely disrespectful. Yeah, um, it's just really weird for him to be still doing that stuff. But can we can we talk about the flamethrower? Uh, the the real star of this segment. Why why is that there? Uh, he was in Doom, wasn't he? Oh. It was just like oh, I want to burn the rock, sir. I think the rock is at a point where WWE are like, yeah, what do you want? We're going to give it to you, and we don't yeah. care. Absolutely, totally. I don't really get it either. It was I don't just, know why. It was very. Odd. They have no. There's no. There's, the WWE doesn't really have much to profit from giving the rock half an hour of WrestleMania. They have much more to profit from giving, uh, well, giving Dean Ambrose an extra yeah. twenty minutes. It just kind of feels like they went for every. Um, he he just had like a ridiculous list of demands, and they kept saying yes, and he wanted to see how far he could go. Yeah, because apparently but, he asked, it... he was the one who asked to work with the Wyatts. He was like, so I actually started with that. It's like oh, I'd like to work with the Wyatts if that's the right, Vince. They'd be like, yeah, you can work with the Wyatts. That's fine. And uh, I'd like like a long entrance. I'd be nice. Like yeah, of course, whatever. Uh, and I, I'd like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders to be my interest. Like, <laughs> sure. And I'd like uh, like a burning rock sign. Like, yeah, fine. That I set a I flame think, with a flamethrower. See, I think that the rock sign, the flamethrower, the intro music, and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders are just all part of his standard rider for anything. <laughs> just any, anywhere, anywhere the rock goes, that's there. Yep. Um, they announced the attendance record, which is a lie. It isn't 101. It was like 94, something like that. 94, 95. They did break their own record, but they didn't break it by as much as they said. Um, but then the old record was also a lie, so they might have broken it by as much as by like loads in a way. <laughs> How do we know that it wasn't 101,000? Uh, because Dave Meltzer went and got the actual number of people from the turnstiles from AT&T Stadium. Basically, got some it from someone who works at the venue. Ah. And was like, here's, here's the actual number. Uh, but there's this debate, like, because WWE, WWE count everyone on site, like security personnel and stuff. Yeah, maybe the them. stadium aren't counting like comp tickets either. Um, no, I think the stadium count is literally everyone through turnstiles, like yeah. everyone whose whose ticket is scanned, they count. Um, Whereas like family and friends and stuff. Well, they think their ticket probably still gets scanned. I would think. But, like, backstage people and stuff, they're not counting. And I think WWE might be counting that. But also that implies WWE has, like, 7,000 people working this event, which seems <laughs> unlikely. Seems excessive. And I guess maybe you're counting, like, all the food vendors and everything, you know? So I don't know. But they, they, I, to me, the actual number of fans in attendance is the actual important number, right? That mm-hmm. like because the security personnel are being paid to be there, mm-hmm. and all the rest is well, like and, production stuff. Like I mean, the, they, to WWE, the actual important number is the number of tickets sold. Yeah, 
Um, and so, I don't really care how many people turn up. Yeah, so the number of people through turnstiles was ninety. Well, not turnstiles, but you know, like you know what I mean, was yeah. ninety four thousand ish, I think. Um, and their old their old figure from WrestleMania three was like ninety one thousand, but that is not accurate. It was like seventy five thousand. I wonder if any of that is related to the issues that they had with the Wi-Fi because they didn't let people in at the start. The pre-show was half empty for a while and there was a lot of people saying that they were kept in the queue for way too long. And the the people on the turnstiles or, you know what I mean, had said that the, they couldn't scan tickets because the Wi-Fi was down. Yeah. Um, no, I just think it, I think it, like, they got everybody in eventually and they still have to do like a head count regardless yeah. for like, safety reasons fire yeah, safety uh, i mean even if they're not scanning them they're checking them because they don't want people getting in that don't have tickets yeah for various reasons so like i i think if we say ninety four thousand fans in attendance that is a very very good number for them regardless yeah like, i mean we're still a ludicrous number of people we're we're nitpicking we're crumbling over a few thousand when it's basically a hundred thousand people yeah it's shit yeah they want to say more than a hundred thousand because it sounds better and you can't really begrudge them for that and literally every entertainment event pushes the figures upwards. Yeah. Like, all of them. Like, yeah. every football match in England reports the number of tickets sold, not the number of people through the gate. Like, what's the maximum number of people we're allowed in here without the fire service shutting us down? Yeah, exactly. That's basically what they were saying. Um, all right. So, yeah, Rock announced that. It was nice. That was fine. And if he'd left it at that, I'd have been like, eh. Kind of excessive entrance for announcing an attendance figure rock, but whatever. Then the Wyatts came out and he had like a six second squash match. Um, and again, for me, the important thing here is the rock is always wearing breakaway clothes in my head now, <laughs> just constantly wearing like tearaway trousers just in case, just on the off chance. The... I've decided that I have mixed emotions about this segment now. Yeah, if the rock but if the rock retires now and never wrestles again, his last match was against Eric Rowan at WrestleMania. Which is solid. It's a weird stat. But <laughs> this as see as soon as this entrance started, like me and my mates just kinda groaned and the the only reason it was here was to massage the rock's ego. Yeah. That is essential it. Yeah. This is just massaging the rock's ego. That's all yeah. these sort of segments are for now. Because He's claiming, well, he's bumping up the attendance figure and going on Twitter and talking about it, like, claiming that he's done it. Yeah. Basically. And not one person has bought a ticket there to see The Rock. Yeah. Not one person is watching this show to see The Rock. Because they didn't announce him until reasonably late as well. Oh, he was talking about it for, like, six months. He was talking about he was going to be there. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he is not really the draw for this. So. No, and the totally full, the fact that. that he's got a half an hour segment on a WrestleMania that's overrun and one of the main event matches has ha- clearly had to be cut. Yeah. It is just there to the, massage his ego. The, th- the thing as well is, like, it's weird because at this point, you were talking about this before, Cody, no matches sell WrestleMania. Wrestle- the fact is WrestleMania sells WrestleMania. That's yeah, all it, it is at this point. Yeah, the fact that no one, well, majority of people didn't want to see this main event and it still sold out and it was still done $70.3 million gate and now has 1.8 million subscribers on the network. Yeah, like they just. Tells you that WrestleMania sells itself. Like they beat their previous record from last year by $5 million. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but it was. When The Rock came back, I was excited and. 
every time afterwards, I've still kind of been excited. Until last year's WrestleMania, until maybe the Rusev thing, and then this one, I've just kind of groaned as in, well, this is just, so there's no point in you being it's here, because the... you're not that entertaining anymore. It's diminishing and... returns, right? Like, yeah. It's... It's just, totally. it's just, it's just for him basically at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, like I was initially and have been annoyed all day that they he used this segment to belittle the Wyatts and squash um, Eric Rowan. And fair enough, Rowan's not the strongest there. It was a shame that Luke Harper's injured, by the way. But Rowan's not the strongest performer in that group. But he still doesn't deserve a six-second squash. What does make me laugh um, for that is they're like, okay, well, Bray Wyatt's injured, it's not him. We want to keep Braun Strowman protected so it can't be him getting squashed by the rock. So I guess Eric Rowan, yeah, like by process of elimination, go get rock bottomed. Um, so I've been really annoyed at that because the Wyatts have so much potential and have like repeatedly been weakened by WWE at every possible opportunity. They're built up to be a big scary thing and then they're beaten at every pay per view. The Wyatts get beaten. Um, but having seen the segment with the Wyatts on Raw this evening, I think it might turn out to actually be not a bad thing because they seem to be considering turning the Wyatts and they came out and got a big pop from the crowd and they got thank you Bray chance. Yeah. Um, and they kind of went over it. It was kind of like the rock had told them to stop being dicks and yeah, like get their act together, and then they came out and attacked the League of Nations, mm. and now the crowd thinks they're brilliant. I will so say it might be a kind of a weird result, but it might turn out for the better. Right. So what we haven't talked about here, John Cena's back. The Alpha Dog. Right. Clearly not fit. The Professor of Thugonomics. Do- he's only a Doctor of Thugonomics. Jesus, Peter. Oh, um, is he? Yeah. I'm sorry. He's only got a doctorate. No one's given him professorship yet. Um, he's done his PhD, but he's not very good at teaching. Yeah. Um, but no, so, like, he's not fit, right? Like, you look no. at how he struggled in that attitude adjustment. Like, you could see um, the look on his face yeah. was that's a guy who was not be meant to be doing that right now. And they were very clear to make, though they were very careful to make it clear that he wasn't ready to be out. He shouldn't have been out yet. So I think that they're kind of trying to say, well, don't expect him on Raw tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I was quite happy to see him. Uh, he did get a nice pop. He's the entrance and everything. It was quite, it was quite cool to see him. Did you, did you guys notice the masterful trolling of Michael Cole? I don't think I did notice this. What well, is Ma- this? So yeah. Mike, Michael Cole says it wouldn't be WrestleMania without John Cena, and the camera cuts to John Cena, and he does like his speaking to the camera thing, and he says it wouldn't be WrestleMania without you, like <laughs> in, like a second after he says it. And you're like, he's just like, he knew what Cole was going to say because obviously it's scripted. But he's just like, ah, fuck you, Cole. And it's just become <laughs> really, really, like, Cedar has become really self-aware and it's just really funny. Um, like, Cedar conducting the audience in John Cena Sucks chance. Fabulous. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Cena's character over the past few years either. And the fact that it's... They're like they always let him win and all that shit and super senior and all that. I'm not a huge fan of that. But over the past year or so, I've become a big fan of John Cena, the man. I, I've just now I become... think he seems like such a nice guy and he's really good at what he does. I, I'm becoming John Cena, or a, a fan of John Cena now as he's kind of 
not the twilight, but he's moving into like the latter phase of his career now. And he is now clearly at a point where he's just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. He knows he can do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. He knows he can do what he wants and the company will back him. And he knows that no matter what he does, he'll still sell like a load of uh, merchandise. And also that I think he is now recognized. He has shifted into, in my opinion, he's now shifted into Kurt Angle territory where like, you know, Kurt Angle got the you suck chance and eventually they became like almost we love Kurt Angle, but this is what we chant. Yeah, and I think ironic. that that is now the point we're getting to with John Cena, where people just chant John Cena sucks because yep. it's what you chant for John Cena. Um, and he's used that position and that authority within the company. He's used it to raise so many people over the past year or so. Yeah, absolutely. All the stuff he did with Kevin Owens, you know, even Callisto to some extent and the US title. Um, John Cena had a big hand in all that. And it just seems like he's got the authority to do what he wants. So he says well, I want to do a six-week run with Kevin Owens and show everybody how good he is. Yeah. And he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to wrestle Sami Zayn on Raw, but he does it because he knows that that's the future of the company. Yeah. And that's his job now. And I think that's really something to be respected. But overall, this was half an hour that, given this show show over around 50 minutes, this was half an hour they literally did not have. Yep. And I think the apparently they'd advised the pay-per-view people, the providers, that it was going to overrun by 20 minutes yep. before it even started. So they must have known that The Rock was going to go long. All right. Before we get on to the finale, I really want to watch Camp WWE. I find yeah, it, looks kind of, it looks pretty good, right? Like, yeah. I'm not sure. If you, I've, I, I've got the thing that's either going to be brilliant or terrible, but I want to watch it to find out. Like, well, I'm pr- the brilliant. The adverts that they kept showing for it last night gives me the impression that Ric Flair character in that thing is just fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I also uh, missed, like Vince McMahon saying, a bra, I can't wear this probably, was, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good line. Um, the stuff they've shown like in other network adverts where like Triple H's dad is called Quadruple H or Quad for short is brilliant. <laughs> um... Yeah, like it it looks like it's gonna be really, really, really good. Uh and I'm really interested in seeing that. Um But it's and... confusing because every other network show is literally shit. No, that's not true. Table for no. three is good. Table right. for three's okay. Right along is good. Mm, it's okay. The Edge and Christian show got good after like the first episode. No, don't believe you, I refuse to watch it. What? I was excited for that and then they put it on and I just like I had just lost all have, interest. Have you watched the uh, ge- Have you watched the game show segment with AJ Styles? No. Where they had a bit that was like, "What will WWE mention?" For it, it was Edge and Christian in like super cheesy nineteen fifties wigs, like game show wigs, so they're like perfectly coiffed, and they had uh, like American game show mics, like the really super thin mics, and AJ Styles was there, and they were they said so, they're like. What will we mention from AJ Styles' career? Um, like, will they mention the Bullet Club? And they cut it's still done, and they ask AJ Styles it as if he's actually a contestant on this game show. And he says, "Oh, I, like it, it was a faction I was really proud of. Like, it'd be really cool if they mention it." And it, it cuts back to the like the screen. It goes, "Ding, ding, 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 ding." They will mention the Bullet Club. And the next question is, 
Will WWE mention where AJ Styles worked from 2002 to 2012 <laughs> or whatever? Um, and she goes, Styles goes, oh yeah, it's like it's a place where I really made my name. Like I'm very proud of the work I did there. And they just go, nope. And then they just show a picture of Test and Albert in the TNA team. <laughs> See, that is a funny thing. Give it a second okay, that chance. Sounds pretty cool. It's meant to get yeah, better. Just... Like from what. Uh, I don't, well, I've seen a little bit of it. It gets better after the first episode. Yeah, first episode's awful, but after it gets good. Also good in the network is Swerved. No, no Swerved is bad. No, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And also the W24 documentaries. Are yeah, those, good. Are, those are quite Also, I would, I would like Swerved if it was only them pranking other superstars, but I don't get the interaction with the public stuff. feels super cringy. But if it was just them fucking with each other, that'd be really, well, really, really funny. Some of them are like no, I know some of them are. But if, like if that was all in a restaurant with Kofi Kingston and a baby next to her has a shit, so the the mother of the baby starts like eating the like licking the baby's shit, and then Paige takes a bit, and uh, Kofi is just freaking out. Stuff like that is hilarious. Uh, all right, Swerved is good, but I, I want to make another <laughs> point about the rock thing, like. You can't cheer the Rock coming out to squash the Wyatts, and you can't cheer the Legends coming out to squash the League of Nations, and then boo Roman Reigns and think that that's not hypocritical of you. Of course, you can. You can't because you're 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 uh, you're, you're cheering old part-time guys that have no relevance to WWE, squashing young promising talent, and then you're having a young promising talent against an old-time guy who's trying to put them over. And then you boo that. Now, I understand no, the reason you no, boo you, that you should, is you, you don't should, like Roman Reigns. Yeah. But you cannot cheer the Rock. No, of and course you can. You should cheer you the thing. You should cheer the things you like and boo the things you do not like. In well, and also you should cheer. You're like, yeah, you should cheer face and boo heels, whatever. But like, if you don't like a thing, then boo it. I think the two are completely unrelated. People do not like Roman Reigns. If this had been no. Dean Ambrose going over. Then people would have cheered Dean Ambrose. But it was if it had been Seth Rollins going Triple H, people would have cheered. People just do not like Roman Reigns, and that is the problem. But most of them in the wrestling community don't like Roman Reigns because he's pushed down their throat and forced. No, a lot of people and don't like Roman Reigns because what... he is bad. Yes, but his hatred started because he was getting pushed down their throats and they didn't like that. But then he's the rock gets pushed either. out for half an hour. And he gets cheered for half an hour. The Rock, the rock is Reigns there come... like the Rock is there twice a year, pretty much. And yeah, but he's not half an hour WrestleMania, but he's there twice a year. Reigns is there constantly and is constantly shoved down our throats. And he's and the thing with the Rock is like there is at least a nostalgia factor for the Rock. That's why people like the Rock. There is no factor with Reigns. What is there? There will be. There will be eventually. But there is not right now, and that is why people are booing Reigns. It is not hypocritical to boo things you don't like. I does not. You're correct there, but I think it's hypocritical to complain about WWE booking for a year about Roman Reigns, and then cheer when The Rock comes out and almost kills the Wyatt family, and you still cheer about about that for half an hour, and then you boo a genuine attempt at trying to make a new star, whether it's a new star you don't like. You can't criticize them for trying to make a new star. And still cheer for the rock. I find I think that really hypocritical. I think it's you all can. part of because... the same problem, though, because I think that what the fans are cheering for is that they want the attitude era back. So when they're booing Roman Reigns, it's because he's kind of 
the new embodiment of what they did with Cena, where they pushed somebody to be the pure babyface. And he's fighting against one of the superstars of the Attitude Era. And, you know, the, he's getting the heat from that because they want the Attitude Era back. And that's why the WWE keeps bringing those stars back, even but, though they're way too old but, right now. But I also think the, re- the reason that people... Because you, you say this, but like they cheer new stars they have made. They made Dean Ambrose, and Dean Ambrose got really over at Farsane and Royal Rumble and Roadblock. And Seth Rollins, even as a heel, was very, very, very well received. It it is exclusively Roman Reigns that is the issue. And I think the two issues are unrelated. Of like you want people to make you want to make new stars, but we don't like this one. It's like you can want to make new stars and not like Roman Reigns. You don't have to make like every new star that WWE tries to make because they are not doing a good job with Reigns. I think actually on Raw, it seems like they probably have started to do a good job, but yeah. but now for up to WrestleMania they haven't, and they also haven't sold me on why I should be invested in Reigns beating Triple H. Yeah, that that is a big problem. But I just I find it's I find it so hard when you you cheer and you're so happy to see old guys come out and go over new guys and harm their pushies and whatever, and then you boo something like this. I can understand booing because you don't like Roman Reigns, but actively coming out and criticising WWE the next day for shoving Reigns down your throat and doing all this wrong, where you've just spent half an hour cheering The Rock and 20 minutes cheering Stone Cold and McFoley. And I just find it a really weird dynamic where you can cheer the things from the past that are really holding WWE back, like, our main criticism of this show, a big part of it has been The Rock, Stone Cold, whatever, as in it didn't make sense. Uh, but I, I just find it really strange that you can boo the Reigns angle when they are trying to make someone. Whether it's the, wrong, the, whether it's the wrong person or they're booking his character wrong or something, they are trying to make someone new. Whether it's the wrong guy or whatever, they're trying to make something new and he's not even getting a chance. Like, the match didn't even get a chance yep. in the main event. They didn't even let it start whether they decided to, they'll like it or not. They decided from the start they would hate it and they didn't give it any time to develop. And it, uh, it might have not been a good match, but they're not even considering the opportunity of giving this guy or the storyline a, a chance to develop. And at the same time, it's a large number of the same fans that are disgruntled that like Ziggler doesn't get a push and that they don't bring Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn through more. You know, they, they want young talent to be pushed, but they don't want that young talent to be pushed. And I think, um, to your point, Colin, it's there has to be a certain element of letting it develop and see what happens. Yeah, I think, um, I think people... I think you have to have a balance of your outrage at WWE because the people yeah. who were booing the, the Roman Reigns build cheered The Rock, cheered John Cena, and were most excited about Undertaker versus Shane McMahon match. And no, that, I spent that, the whole that, of WrestleMania. I spent the whole of WrestleMania looking at it, going, "God, this is shit. Why are they doing that? That's the wrong thing. The wrong people are winning. This is awful." And then I've spent the whole—I haven't seen all of Raw yet. I've seen like the first half of it. But I spent the first half of Raw watching it, thinking, "Oh, actually, this is actually developing in a, a direction that I like yeah. now." You know, Roman Reigns' character on Raw is, yes, absolutely, the smug, arrogant champion. Fantastic. He's That's great. What's turn he him does it so well, and he does it really well. And Within a few months of doing that, the crowd will get behind him. That's what Roman Reigns needs. And maybe, like I would have said, that's what Roman Reigns needed a year ago. Maybe that was too soon. You know, I don't know the business as well as the people that run WWE do. 
So maybe in this situation, I'm wrong and should just trust them a bit more. But I, yeah. I just think and... they've, like, what they've done with Reigns here is they've, they've given him, the problem with Reigns, I think, and I don't want to spend too long on this, but my general problem with Reigns is more than anything else, is not even that he's been shoved down our throats, is he has no consistent character at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they are constantly shifting what his character is. Um, and they need to stick with this arrogant heel guy, like this arrogant heel champion. I know he's, he's kind of tweeting a bit realistically he's heel. Like you look at how he's presenting himself, he is presenting himself as a heel on Raw. And he's going to get more and more heel. Yeah. You know, it if this very character much feels is like what's going to stick, then he's um, going to go more and more heel. This is what turns him. And yeah, it was like, and I actually liked that. And I think um, the, the what they're doing here is that they are giving us potentially a new take on Reigns. But if they what they need to do is they just have to stick with it consistently. And that is, it's this weird thing where the people have been saying, I don't like how they've been consistently pushing Reigns. And they have been pushing him all the time but they haven't been consistently pushing him in that like they keep changing what they're doing with him all the time to try and get something to work which i can i can see what they what they want but you have to give like people aren't giving things a chance and i think you're right there colin but also wwe are not giving things a chance and that is a bigger issue and they're not giving other stars a chance as well and that is a bigger issue Cena said that in an interview over WrestleMania weekend, like, who, who is Roman Reigns? That's why people really boo yeah. But I think we're all guilty of this is selective outrage at WWE. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're outraged at them trying to make a new guy, whether it's the guy we want or not, but then are quite happy to accept, like, The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker versus Shane McMahon. I think most fans, and as including me at times, like, it needs to just... And that's what I tried to do with this card, is just relax and enjoy it and let's see how it goes. Because I wasn't really pissed off about what happened for a lot of these results. I, I waited until I seen what happened on Raw the next night and they made good with AJ Styles. They continued the Charlotte thing in a slightly different direction. Like They, they fucked up with Ryder, though. They fucked up with Ryder. No, but I don't think so. The... I disagree. I think they're building an actual storyline. They kept up with mm. Corbin. They kind of built yeah. the Dudleys a little bit. Like I think we all need to kind of just step back instead of taking a one-shot view and having selective outrage at what's happening and like just kind of let's see where it goes. But I don't see how you can... It's weird to me how you can bash WWE for trying something, where it's the right or wrong thing, but then accept when they're doing a half an hour rock promo. I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but like I think fans need to... It's... It's a weird thing where they're quite happy to accept some things, but then outrage the other when the things that WWE are doing are maybe maybe right in the end. Like Pete was saying, maybe if we just let it play out, it'll end up fine. Possibly, but they... they have I don't to... know if you understand what I'm trying to get there. No, you, I, I definitely I, get I, what you're trying I'm to get at. To, I'm, like, I was watching Twitter during WrestleMania, and I struggled to understand why some people were happy one minute and then anger the next when they are trying to do some new things. But the impetus is not on fans to like it. The impetus is on WWE to make you like it. I think fans need to give it a chance and start being a bit more consistent. I think fans would if WWE gave them a reason to give it a chance. WWE 
has had a I think what I would say here is WWE has had a lot of chances and they have squandered them consistently by terrible terrible booking and inconsistent storylines that fluctuate wildly from week to week and they have burned away their goodwill and that is the problem fans I think fans are sick of it and that I is think that's, that's all the true. issue but also they're not going anywhere they're the only gig in town really yeah, no, I, I think that's that's definitely true. But that doesn't you know, mean... There's a reason why they're that successful. The, the... And maybe it's because the product that they're building isn't necessarily for us or for the fans that boo Roman Reigns. The product they're building is for 1.8 million network subscribers. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm not arguing with that at all. But I still think those people should boo if they want to boo. Like if, they, <laughs> if, they, like if they don't like it, then what are, what are they supposed to do? Well, yeah, absolutely. You buy a ticket, you do what the fuck you want. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. I, I, I loved. There was a a sign on Raw that said, "Don't mute our voices. We paid for this." Because they mute the mics in the in the main event, they turn the fucking crowd mics down, and that to me is a sign that WWE have no fucking idea what they're doing. They, they also they don't pipe care. in cheers and they pipe in booze. They've piped in cheers for a long time, and that's not... That's how they yeah. manipulate the crowd. But but muting the mics is a new level. That is I don't just... know. It's all... All this stuff is born out of... Well, it's born out of the carnival scene. It's yeah. getting the crowd to do what you want them to do. Yeah, but I, I just think muting the mics, particularly live, is insane. It's just got to a point with that is a point of like I get what you mean, Peter. They they they're gonna get the reaction they want to get, but if you're to the point where you're like, we literally have to turn the crowd off because they're not responding how we want them to, that is bad. But I think the point is that it doesn't necessarily matter. The crowd's responding, and that's all that WWE cares about. They need to shape how that response appears on television for their television audience. But that crowd bought a ticket, and that's all WWE cares about. Yeah, well, that's you know, If they can buy a ticket and boo, then who cares? Yeah. But they need to shape that reaction for the TV audience because it's the TV audience, it's the, the product that they're building has to have um, it has to have consistency, and that's something which they have definitely lacked in their creative processes. But it's something that without that consistency, it just doesn't work, and then people stop buying tickets. And then it doesn't matter if they were going to cheer or they were going to boo because they're not in the stadiums anymore. And I think that's all they need to do. They just need to pick. And it looks like this Raw really feels to be like they've made decisions. Yeah, um, I, and I completely agree with you on that. I think they need to give it. And I think that you're both making that same point in slightly different ways. They need to give it a few months and let it develop. And the fans have to be a part of that. They also have to let things develop and let things grow. But I, 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 I think actually what way. I think what we're saying kind of flows both ways in that like WWE have to run with something even if they don't feel it's working. Yep. And then yes, get rid of it eventually. And I think they probably should have changed reins up a little while ago because it hasn't been working for so long. But I think people would be willing to let things develop if you felt that things were really going to develop and WWE hasn't really felt like that for a while. Yeah, it seems like they change their mind every few weeks. Yeah. And I think that the fans, and a lot of the fans that are booing are probably booing because they're confused at the way it's going. I think think you're totally right, but I think fans have 
like you say, let things develop, but be consistent in the criticism. A lot of it is like instant gratification. Yep. Like we need it to happen now. We need Rain Sit on now. We need to see The Rock now. We need to see Stone Cold now. We need instead no, of No, I think like, that's true. I definitely think that's true. It is it's because everybody's an I think every yeah, I think every wrestling fan is like this and we want it now. Yeah. Um but I think we need you need to take a longer view of things and that's what I've been trying to do the past few weeks and during Mania is just try and relax, enjoy it and see where it goes. And then doing that, are you finding it more enjoyable now to watch those shows? I really enjoyed WrestleMania apart from yeah. the last two. But even the Rose. You see, I, I think watching, I think that's the key. I think trying... if you can do what you're doing and sort of let it go and accept that it's not all going to be exactly as you want it, and just enjoy it for the spectacle that it is, I think that will make you a much happier wrestling fan. But because, at the end, it... you know, I I have not been doing that, and I spent the whole of WrestleMania thinking, "God, this is shit." Well, I what it. I what I found after watching last night's Raw was that. There is 365 days in a year. There's 52 rows. There's 12 pay-per-views, other specials. Like, it's not a start-stop. It's not finishing at WrestleMania. It's going to continue, which, to me, you have to let that develop a bit more and then maybe take a a monthly snapshot. Like, I I, I get angry at some segments on Raw, but I'm trying not to. Let's see where this ends up. Because you have Reigns winning the title, but the next night on Raw, his character started to change, so maybe it was all worth it the past mm-hmm. two years of hatred. And Reigns winning that title elevated people like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, AJ mm. Styles, all into the heavyweight championship picture. Yeah. Even if it's only briefly, then it yeah. elevated them from the middle of the card to the top of the card for at least one night, and we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this match. Okay. Triple H's entrance <laughs> so, was mental. Right. No, before we even get to that, the, like they put weird filters on like the Royal Rumble footage. It looked like Instagram, but like but really, I, it looked really grainy. It's weird. Yeah, they had filters on like the raw footage because they bought, and then Kendy just continued that through. Oh, it, it. it looked really weird. Um. Okay. So, firstly, this entrance is five minutes and fifty-five seconds. Which means in our question last week of who will have the long, longer entrance, Undertaker or Triple H, the answer is The Rock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Rock wins WrestleMania entrances. It's an and interesting look lose. for Stephanie McMahon, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. I did. That's brilliant. I, I loved. I loved. I did love how it just. They've gone to the point of like, hey, hey. We're the fucking bad guys. Do you not get this? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is just like, just really spelling it out for the crowd. The skull dude's super weird, really creepy. I kind of get what they're going for. Like, you're all sheep and we can't hear your voices. I kind of got what they're going for. Still super fucking creepy, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't really get much of that. I, I didn't. I kind of, I kind of got what they were going for, but it did look weird. But Triple I think H like is the Terminator entr- dudes last year. I think Triple H just likes other people there when he's doing his entrance. Yeah, but I kind of got what they were going for, even though it was super, super weird. The particularly the video that they played before that was really yeah. odd. Um, that was a bit creepy. Yeah, that was and Steph real creepy. Carried the whole entrance. Yeah, Steph was awesome. Steph, it I wasn't think really I, a Triple H thing. It was a Steph thing. Yeah, because Triple H comes out just in normal Triple H gear. Yeah. 
it just comes out in like just trunks and that's it. It was really weird. Yeah. It was just like this whole big thing and you're expecting a big batshit crazy Triple H entrance and Steph's doing her whole weird monologue. And then Triple H just turns up and it's like, yeah, I'm Triple H. Let's do a wrestling match. Yep. Also, why is, why is Stephanie standing on a chair? Just standing on a throne. Yeah, but that's not how thrones work. You sit on them. <laughs> It's how thrones work if the authority wants them to work like that. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I. They make the rules, Chris. They can do what they want. <laughs> I was, I was very amused by how Rita Repulsa the whole thing was. Um, which Peter, you probably don't know. That is, that was like the the villain in the first series of Power Rangers. Um, oh God! But it was that because <laughs> she's just like super hamming it up, like really, really hammy, really over the top, and that is kind of like kids' TV villain, right? Yeah, I thought she was brilliant. No, she was really good, but she's super over the top. Like, deliberately so. She's super over the top and super hammy. Very deliberately so. Um, the only thing is it's a shame that the mic she had was kind of low quality. Like, uh, Yeah, it was a, the sound quality was a little bit poor. Yeah. Um, it's because like they spent could, all could... the money on the Rock's fucking flamethrower entrance and yeah. the Dallas Cowboy <laughs> cheerleaders. I mean, you could, you could definitely that, hear that what she was saying. That probably cost them half the WrestleMania profits from almost yeah. 101,000 just to get the fucking Rock and half of Dallas to come out with him. Um, but, I mean, you could hear what she was saying, but it was kind of that weird where like a mic sounds kind of hollow because it's yeah. not right with, with not in front of their lips, really. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, she was great. I actually think she probably carries the whole match, in my opinion. Like her, uh, constant... yeah. I suppose she was good outside as well. Yeah, her constant encouragement of um, of of Triple H throughout the match, getting it. I did think like this bit where she gets involved with the ref was kind of weird, but I did like it. And she was just like, "I'm the I fucking pay your that your wages. Pay attention to me. I kind of like that. And just mm-hmm. we're the bad guys. Um, now Reigns got pyro on the superman punch ring which i'm fine but also got outside fireworks he punched the for stage he yeah for his entrance he punched the stage so hard he set off outside fireworks yeah i thought the timing of his of that whole sequence the punch and all that i thought the timing was off on it all the video it was, screen it didn't was off. kick in in the right time and then the fireworks went off about 5 seconds late it was off but it was also just super weird like, uh, yeah. like outside fireworks on his entrance is weird. Why has Roman Reigns stopped coming in through the crowd? He's oh, a heel. Because he's a because he's a heel now. Right, okay. Um, but also, some of the point this out, um Reigns' entrance got more fireworks than Charlotte's victory. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I did like the, that Charlotte got like big, big fireworks for her victory. That made the women's championship feel much more special. Um, yeah, she's got big outside fireworks too. Yeah, but like Reigns gets that on his fucking entrance is crazy. It is a bit. Um, pe- people do not like Reigns. No, not at all. They were not keen no. on him. Uh, yeah, it was even uh, worse on expected Raw. that, yeah. I will say at the start of this match, I looked at the remaining time on the WrestleMania and was like, I don't want this to go 35 minutes. That feels long. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that the crowd would give the chance, the match a chance, and not just like boo the full match. I kind of hoped they would settle down after the entrance and at least give it a try, but they didn't. And I don't know if that's why I didn't click with the match or if it was 
just the no, pace I just was think off, it's not or, a good but... match. It's not a good match. It wasn't well, a great match, I don't think. No, Triple H had like slow methodical matches with Daniel Bryan and Dean Ambrose, and it worked probably because the crowd cared, but not in this match. And I just it never clicked, and Reigns really didn't do much either, to be honest. Well, except for spearing Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, and he speared Triple H through the barrier, and then he Superman punched him about eight times. Yeah. It was just there wasn't, really blur. There wasn't much going on in the match, but I was yeah. I was real hoping that the crowd would at least give it a try. And when they didn't, it just kind of knew that that was it. Really. I, kind, I kind of think, like, half of me thinks I that I think the crowd might have given it more of a chance if they if they'd given them a reason to get more into the match. But I also think like they knew what the reaction was gonna be, so maybe Rage yeah. Triple H was just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. But yeah, but it was a main we, event of WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. It, it did we not were... it was not main event of WrestleMania quality. Regards to the booing, it was not that quality. Yeah, but we talked about this last week on the pre the preview show, like the booking up to this match has been like pretty much perfect. Yeah. Uh, if it if it was anyone else bar Reigns, but yeah. like you, you can't WWE's booked this really well. I, I think in terms my, my, of a storyline. I think the only thing I would say is that they did keep him off raw for too long with the nose thing. They kept him off raw, they stopped him talking, they had big brawls, they made him look like a badass. They did everything they asked mm-hmm. them to do. And it's he still didn't get a chance, which yeah. was disappointing to me. But the match just it it was a real drag and disappointment for me. Because yeah, this was a matchup I was I've been looking forward to for a while. Because I thought a range Triple H match would be would be really good, but no, I thought Range well, was a better worker than he showed in this match. It also had to follow that whole rock debacle, so there wasn't like they started from a very flat base. I think. Yeah, but they didn't do much with it. Yeah, I was really tired by the time this came around. Yeah, it was a bit of an so, anticlimax, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but is it okay that he speared Stephanie McMahon? I think Isn't it that is. A bit weird. I think it is, given that he's now clearly heel. Right. Well, okay. They've always kind of done that, like the big heel. But Stephanie used to get rock bottomed all the time and things like that. Yeah. But, I just think, and it, and it was one of those where it looked like an accident. So yeah, I suppose. But he looked like he caught her quite painfully, though. Oh, it was just it was a pretty stiff spear right yeah. to the chest, too high as well. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, but they, they, they tried to get a few uh, big moments in the end, like Triple H counting the spear with the knee and things like that. Those does look pretty good. And um, Triple H looked in really good shape. Ah, oh, ridiculous shape. But the I finish think he's to me. down a lot even since last year. Yeah, he's lost. It looks like he's lost a lot of fat and just trimmed up a lot. Yeah. Um, but bringing in the sledgehammer, I thought this would be a good end. But it just it felt really flat. Like three Superman punches in a spear where he runs across the ring twice. Just, <laughs> it just didn't. It just didn't work at all for me and I was really disappointed alright do we want to do a quick bit on the fallout on Raw before we wrap everything up mm-hmm. I think it's just quickly worth touching on um, I, I, 
so we had, I guess, like two or three big developments on Raw. Um, we had some big debuts. So we obviously, oh, we had a lot of big debuts, but we had a couple of big story developments. So Barrett is gone from League of Nations and probably gone from the company, I'm figuring, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, That's a shame. It'd be good in yeah. New Japan, though. Um, it's weird that he got he got to do the speaking at, after their match yeah, that at was WrestleMania, and but... then they cut him out the next night. Yeah. And also, they won that match at WrestleMania because Barrett bullhammered the guy from outside yeah. the ring. Um. All right, I know, Peter, you didn't like this. Zack Ryder lost the Intercontinental Championship to The Miz, but I liked it because it kind of, it it feels like they're giving Ryder that. As long as they follow through, it feels like then Ryder and The Miz actually have like a storyline and a feud going on, then that'd be quite nice. Yeah, I think you can do that without dropping the belt. I, I don't, think that I, I just, letting I, the belt change hands two nights in a row cheapens what it means my my issue, i think that the intercontinental championship means much more than that i just think it might it would have been harder to build the feud convincingly if it hadn't if the belt hadn't changed yeah totally would have been totally harder but they've got a whole team full of writers and that's their job yeah no i know but you know what i mean like it's yeah still, it's i just i just think it's a real shame like he won it last night and that was weird but okay cool you can get behind it but mm. Then he drops it, and also drops it to the Miz, who just they give the Intercontinental title to every few months. Yeah, but I kind of like the that the, the Miz's wife is back. What's her name? Maisie. Maurice. Maurice. That's it. She's yeah, that was cool. And the stuff with Ryder's dad was kind of fun. Yeah, I could see that going somewhere. I'm hoping they do something good with that. Hope uh, so. I hope it elevates Ryder a bit, and he gets into yeah. a decent storyline, decent feud. Um. Uh, and also the WWE champion, World Heavyweight Championship is a new number one contender after AJ Styles beat um, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, and a returning Cesaro who returned in fucking awesome fashion, tearing off his suit. Tear away is in now. <laughs> I haven't seen this yet, um, but I've read that Cesaro appeared and got the biggest reaction of Cesaro, the Cesaro appears for some reason that I don't understand. You know, like the normal entrance bit on the ramp? Like when uh-huh. you come from backstage, doesn't come there. He comes from like the right of the stage for some reason. Walks, comes from the right stage, walks center stage, and just rips off his suit. Oh, that's so like just like he was backstage, and now there's an opportunity, so he's grabbing that brass ring. Yeah, it's yep. great. It's fucking awesome. Just tears off his suit, tears off his trousers, and now much like the Rock, I imagine that all of Cesaro's suits are tear away. Just in case. <laughs> just in case, yeah. Just in case he needs to wrestle. There might be a wrestling match. You don't know. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that was really cool. But look, what, the greatest point was adjusts his shades, but leaves his shades on. And you're like, <laughs> Cesaro, you are the suavest man alive. Um, and that, yeah, and then you, you get a nice spot in that, uh, the Fatal 4-Way, where um, uh, um Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho get thrown out and it's just Cesaro and AJ Styles facing off against each other in the centre of the ring. That was pretty nice. Um, yeah, that's quite an exciting matchup. Uh, we'll talk about the rain stuff uh, in a second, um, but debuts. So Baron Corbin, although he was on WrestleMania, debuted on Raw. I did strong showing, which I talked about already. Um, Enzo and Big Cass also debuted. 
Looked, I haven't seen them yet, but I expect that'll be fantastic. And I think it, that's exactly what Raw needs. Feuding with yep. feuding with the Dudleys. Um Enzo is fucking incredible on the mic. Because he's kind of not been allowed to do his thing on the mic as much recently in NXT. And this is like whoa. Th- yeah. He he spits fire. It's great. They've kind of been gone from NXT for a few weeks now. Well, that's kind of the way NXT goes. But yeah, but even before that, yeah, like he wasn't he wasn't for a few weeks. Yeah, but and, even yeah, before totally. that, he wasn't like really doing like yeah. a lot on the mic. No, he was doing the entrance, but not doing much promo. Yeah, this is like for the past six months or so. They've let him have one or two sentences and yeah. then just get on with it. Yeah, he cuts a like blistering promo on the Dudleys, um, to the, to the point. Where like Devon is screaming at him, he's a son of a bitch from the ramp. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was that was a really cool spot. Uh, Big Cass looked kind of weird, like was wearing like a lot of fake tan. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, who else debuted? Um, Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz for some reason was just there. Well, Sh- Shane likes NXT guys. Yeah, Shane likes NXT guys because obviously, the, yeah, the big deal. Shane came out, start of the night. Vince was like, you you lost. And they did clip the lockbox. They didn't say what was in it, but Vince was like, the lockbox is dealt with. He had a paperwork or something. And that was dealt with, so fine. At least they resolved that bit of it. Um, and then Shane came out to basically say, you're the better man, Vince. You beat me, fine. And then to say thank you to the universe. And Vince was like, just to show how crappy I am as a human, I'm going to let you have control of Raw for tonight. Well, so, the thing was that Shane got big chants and cheers by saying goodbye, and Vince was like, no, nobody upstage Vince McMahon. Yeah. Nobody then, upstage is me. You can have Raw tonight. Yeah, weird. Like, uh, weird okay, weird, then. Weird decision. Um, yeah. But, but did he also, because cool. also, in that promo, he doesn't say tonight. I think he said, like, in an interview with Renee Young later, he says it's, I don't know if he says it's temporary. just, he says it's temporary. No, he says, he says it's temporary, yeah. But he doesn't say just for tonight, he just says temporary. Uh, not in the first half that I've watched so far. He only so says temporary. I'm hoping yeah. that like Shane is just there for like six weeks because that's temporary. Be great. Yeah. It won't yeah. be. I did. Vince's way of doing it was really weird though because he was like, "You don't upstage me, you son of a bitch." And it was just kind of like, "Okay, let's see what you got. I want to see your yeah. ideas." I was like, "What? What are you doing?" Just straight up, like, "Okay, go ahead." And then he walked off stage. It was like, "What? What's happened?" Be con- like, like, be consistent in your tone. That was really <laughs> weird. Um, yeah, so Shane was like, ah, I kind of, it's Apollo Crews guy. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that Shane, you actually, they actually showed Shane interacting with talent backstage. <clears throat> that yep. was cool. Um, and also, I, I think the, probably the worries about Shane having a concussion are not warranted because he seems fine. He did. Yeah, he did seem fine. Um, which um, is good. Although he's got like a massive bruise on the side of his face, but apart from that, he's fine. Yeah. Um, Apollo Crews defeated Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Tyler so Breeze is not doing well. That's a, a debut which shows how badly your debut can go very quickly if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, it's a shame, but oh well. Um, also, uh, the Roman Reigns stuff. So I think that's all the debuts. I missed anyone? Uh, I think so, all the ones I've seen. Oh, the Ford Villains are debuting on SmackDown. Are they? Yeah. Oh, and it's also we, we there was... Uh, Primo and Epico are back, but not as Lost Matadors, but they did just like a video package. Um, and they seem like they're possibly cocky heels. Are they they not called Puerto Enrico now? Is that not what they're going for? 
Um, oh, I think that is actually what they're going for now. That'd be really depressing. That's a little on the nose, even for WWE. Um, but they they did a whole they did a video package from Puerto Rico where they were smelling beautiful flowers and they were like, "Yeah, the flower smells beautiful, not like where you are from." And then can he? Well, basically, it was about how Puerto Rico is awesome. But maybe they're still maybe they're back called Primo and Epco and they were just promoting Puerto Rico. But I got the impression that they might actually call them Puerto Rico. Oh which... dear. Um, I don't know where to laugh or just shake my head at, but I but, think it probably is uh, Primo Nevco. Um, but so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking they're going to do the traditional foreign heel thing, where like Puerto Rico is way better than America, which is confusing because Puerto Rico is American. Uh, yeah, it's a like a it's, sovereign. It's an American territory, territory. so like we're better, yeah, way better than America. But you are American. It's not a state, though. So yeah, but it's still no, part but of America. They do get to vote in the but, American uh, elections. Not for president, I don't think. They return well. They return um, caucuses for the primaries. Yeah, they return for the primaries, but I don't think they get to vote in the actual election. Oh, really? And they get to vote for representative, but the representative doesn't get to do anything. They just get to observe Congress. <laughs> it's pretty shit, really. It's super mm. weird. They should be a state. Um. Anyway, yeah, so that's kind of a weird thing that they seem to be playing off foreigners with people who aren't foreign at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was weird, actually, at WrestleMania that they showed they had a Russian announce desk. And I thought, how do people in Russia reconcile watching this shit <laughs> every two years? Yeah. Some like yeah. random Eastern European is put up there and they pretend that he's Stalin for a, a couple of years. We, we forgot to mention that Funaki is WrestleMania's number one announcer. That was pretty. That good. was, that was so weird. I like that. I like was proper that. announcers and then Funaki's just yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Reigns. Reigns was good. Like I enjoyed watching him. I enjoyed. I, I, well, I, like I, enjoyed, I said earlier, very I, promising. I love the like. Oh come on! I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just the guy. That's a like. If you don't think he's healed, that's a heel promo. Yeah, I think that's... I think, was it JBL said that last night? Yeah. And also, um, him literally, like... Because he says, I've got an open challenge. If he wants to shot the belt, come out then. <coughs> and, uh, like, as Chris Jericho comes out, he bursts into laughter and Chris Jericho's yep. music starts playing. It's it's classic, like, cocky champ heel, right? Classic. Yep. Um. Uh, he literally, like, Sami Zayn comes through. He literally waves Sami Zayn away dismissively. Uh, although, in, I kind of feel there's a little bit of me that thinks, because Kevin Owens came out as well, and he's very dismissive. Actually, Kevin Owens was probably the one he was least dismissive of. Because Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, um, Chris Jericho, and Sami Zayn all came out. Kevin Owens seemed to be one that he was least dismissive of, which is interesting. Um, but Sami Zayn, he dismissed. But I also think Sami Zayn probably arrived just because Kevin Owens was out there. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep. I imagine that's where he's just like, oh, Kevin's out there. Fuck Kevin Owens. Because he gets in and he just immediately starts brawling with Kevin Owens. Pays very little attention to Reigns. He was pointing at the belt when he got in, though. Yeah, he did. But then, then like two seconds later, he just starts punching Kevin Owens in the head. Yeah. Uh, and it has a chance where like he's looking between Kevin, because he tosses Kevin Owens out 
as he's like looking between Reigns and Kevin Owens and just picks Kevin Owens to like just jump out of the ring and attack Kevin Owens more. And so clearly he just cares about Kevin Owens more than the belt. Which is good. There doesn't need to be a belt there. Yeah. They can have their own feud without it. Yeah, but I just really like that. It, it did make me laugh. Uh, and it was also nice of WWE to give um, him the night off effectively um, yeah. by like having Owens decimate him backstage so that Cesaro replaces him in the four-way that gets announced for the number one contendership, which Styles won. Um, we're not sure if that's going to be at Payback or it's just going to be on Raw. I'm hoping at Payback, but I imagine they're going to save the multi Triple H at Payback. So who knows? Um, yeah, it was. It was just I. I really liked that that spot. Um, and I really love Reigns just standing in the corner, just watching like all these other competitors kind of go at each other, and just yeah, he just did really grin. well with that kind of yeah. smug, smarmy, arrogant. And then he waits, champion. waits till Chris Jericho is the last one left, and just spears Chris Jericho. And it was perfect. It worked really well. Mm-hmm. Because he waits to see Chris Jericho's left, where he calmly puts the belt down, gets into his like spear <laughs> hunkered down position, and spears Jericho. It was nice. It just worked well as like a really like real super heel spot. So if they play him like that, I could get on board. I could like I could enjoy watching him as a heel like that. Yeah, like I say, that really restored my faith. I think that that's the direction that it looks like they're going to take him, and I think that's the best direction to take him now. Yeah, I think mm. that's going to end up working, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So the final bit, uh, I forgot to mention one title change, uh, which is Shane McMahon defeated Shane McMahon for the title of craziest motherfucker in WWE <laughs> uh, by jumping off that fucking cell. Um, but that was that's the whole weekend, really. Like, it was it was good. I overall, I kind of enjoyed it. WrestleMania was a little bit disappointing. But I still enjoyed it overall because it's just it's WrestleMania. Uh, NXT Takeover was great, um, and Raw kind of was set a lot of stuff up nicely, which I really hope they follow through on properly. Uh, so I'm kind of hopeful at the minute. I kind of yeah, WrestleMania wasn't yeah. great, but it was. If you think, I think about I it, probably the majority of WrestleMania, probably the majority of WrestleMania is good, but you remember the last thing. <laughs> I really enjoyed WrestleMania right through until the Rock thing, and then that just started boring me and making yeah. me wish I'd went to bed. But, but this, the rest of the card I really, really enjoyed. It's so. kind of, kind of a point about everything because you always remember the last thing you see. So, mm. like, you the, the title match was not really good, and so that's the last thing we saw, and people didn't like it, so it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But overall, well, no, no, I kind of was... felt that WrestleMania was a bit flat with a couple of high points, but it was bookended by that NXT show, which I thought was brilliant, and Raw, which seems to be going in completely the right direction. Yeah. So I think on yeah. a whole, we come out with a net positive. Yeah. I didn't come out of WrestleMania dis- really disappointed or anything. Because uh, I'd still, m- my most prominent memories is Shane jumping off the cell and a women's match. Um, I can forget the rest of it because the first thing that, when I, See my dad the next day spoke about was the Hell in a Cell and then the women's match. So those were the first two things that he and I both brought up. So to me, that's what stuck into my mind. The Reigns mm. thing didn't really bother me too much. The Rock thing didn't really stick in the mind after that. So for me, I really enjoyed WrestleMania. It's probably one of the best I've watched in a couple of years. Yeah, I could get on board with that. 
All right. Any other final thoughts? I think one of the things we said last week was we were going to predict what score you would give WrestleMania. Just WrestleMania overall out of 10. So, Colin. Hmm. What did I, what would I give it? Uh, I would probably give it a seven. Uh, it's, it's let down by the last hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. But the rest, the rest of the show, I could watch again and probably enjoy. Peter? I think I would probably give it about a four. Oh, you know, it's better than that. No, um, I think it was, most of it was a bit of a letdown with one or two high spots for me. Like, I don't think that the women's match and the maybe, like, cumulative total of five minutes of that Hell in the Cell match, I don't think that's enough to redeem a five-hour show. Um, I think I'm much closer to Colin. I would say six, six and a half. Um, I may, I think if you lop off the last hour, I'll probably give it a seven. If they had put the women's match on last, oh yeah, which would have been a, which would have been a ballsy move. But yeah, I think if you put the women's match on last, you lose all the bullshit with the Rock, and if Reigns and Triple H had managed to have a better match. Like, regardless of what the crowd was doing or the build-up or any of that shit, if that match had been better, then I think that would have elevated the whole show massively. But for me, it just wasn't. It was just a bit flat. Yeah. It would be nice to see them. The NXT show the couple of nights before was a good, solid, like, 9 out of 10. So, swings and roundabouts, there was something Mm. to enjoy there for me in that weekend. So, can't really complain too much. Um, what did your wife think, by the way, Peter, overall? Uh, I imagine this confused. is the first WrestleMania she's watched. It's the second she started watching just before the last WrestleMania. So this is the second one she's watched. And obviously last year's WrestleMania was a, quite a good one. Hmm. Um, this one was a little bit sort of, I think, I think she found it a little bit like confusing because they didn't really wrap up storylines and they didn't, they sort of rushed to it a lot. And it was kind of a little bit fragmented. But I think that she kind of accepts that a lot of that is because of injuries and uh, just not really getting to the point quickly enough. Um, But yeah, I think that in general, it was a bit of a disappointment for her too. So, yeah, I think that's reasonable. But obviously, I mean, she likes to see the Divas because she's... Yeah, that's what she does enjoy. So I think obviously that seeing them out and doing well and the making that decision that they should have made 20 years ago. Yeah, does she care about the women's elevate the women's thing? championship? The, the yeah, women? Um, I don't think she's... She wouldn't... Like, it's not something that she would be particularly militant about, but I think it's... Like, it's a basic respect thing. It doesn't matter if it's something that necessarily bothers you. I think that just calling it the women's championship rather than the Divas division and having a stupid butterfly belt for them to all play around with is just a little bit degrading. So I think mm. just giving it the respect that it's due as a an athletic competition thing is, yeah. I think everybody I, appreciates that. I mean, I wouldn't even have had much of a di- like an issue if they'd kept it the Divas Championship and just been like, but they're superstars. They're just superstars now. Like even that would have been a good step, I feel. But they, uh, they really yeah. went they really went a long way. And even if you go on like WWE.com now, they're all under one superstars section. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really on board with all of that. It's really good. That's great. Yeah. All right, the best uh, picture I've seen after that was of uh young girls sitting in the front row looking up like adoringly yeah, at uh, the women's yeah, yeah. title. 
yeah, I think that's probably the the reason that they've changed it, and it's uh, it's the right it's the right thing to do. Also, don't forget that obviously Max Landis so suffered the worst injury of WrestleMania, where he got so into the main event because he really likes Triple H and he hates Roman Reigns that he managed to crop chop uh, crotch chop himself so hard that he hurt his hand. He hit <laughs> he hit his hip bone crotch chopping himself and bruised his hand. Jesus, that's commitment. Yeah. Apparently, at one point, he was shouting so loudly when like they were overdoing the table spot um, that Triple H looked at him. Triple H like, <laughs> glanced up at him. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. All right, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, this was the, the post-WrestleMania 32 thoughts. Um, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks. Gonna be, payback is May 1st, I believe. So we'll be back just before that. It's actually really nice because May 2nd is a bank holiday here in the UK, which means I will probably actually be able to stay up and watch it. Um, live, because I haven't watched a live pay-per-view in a long time. Uh, but um, if you'd like to get in touch with us before then, you can uh, tweet us at ByGodBlog, uh, which is B-Y-G-A-W-D blog. You can uh, get all the old podcasts on iTunes or over at uh, bygod.tumblr.com. If you want to get in touch with us personally, you can get me on Twitter as Hal Pretz, H-A-L-B Pro. You can get uh, Colin as Bar66, which is Bar with two R's. You can get Peter as Colossal Blue. Uh, but for now, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.